Today, Joe Biden was sworn in as president and Kamala Harris was sworn in as vice president. And that's exactly what I expected over the past several months, that it was going to be a rather uneventful inauguration. And I guess to the extent that there was 25,000 National Guard occupying D.C. and demanding people's papers to prove they had legitimate business in the area, it was relatively uneventful. And already, well, actually, literally while it was happening, the media was putting out some of the most insane propaganda. There was one tweet from one journalist, I won't name, who was like, as soon as Lady Gaga began singing, the clouds broke and sunlight beamed through onto the Capitol building. And then someone commented like, God shows us his grace or something. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's, it's okay, sure. My favorite right now is Jacobin Magazine uh, drawing Joe Biden as Jesus with a bunch of people worshiping him. You show it? Amazing. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of this. Okay, I was and uh, uh, already Quartz has written a story. What happens if Joe Biden dies? So uh, that's happening. And we'll just we'll just talk a bit about what's going on. I think the scary thing out of all of this is there's a new poll out from YouGov showing that Americans feel Americans are their biggest threat. And we are now seeing from the establishment media calls for spy agencies to target white supremacy. And you know what that means in the context of these woke outlets? It means like regular Americans who aren't woke. And that's probably where we're going to end up going. So we'll, we'll, we'll jump in all that stuff. And joining us today is Mr. Jack Murphy. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. It is every other Wednesday, and I'm back. Jack Murphy Live. How are you? So, uh, Jack, you want to just quick, quick, quick uh, bio? Just run down? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Murphy Live. Uh, I wrote a book, Democrats are Deplorable. You can get that. Got to come up with a new one now, though. Not mm. sure what that's going to be about. And uh, Deplorable go, out. Deplorable out. We quit. Right? Republicans suck, too. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of change happening, a lot of transitions happening. But this is still the same. Happy to be back, Tim. Thanks yeah. for having me. Of course, Luke Rudkowski saying it out. Well, I got to shoot and squat today. So yeah, today man. was a great day. Everything else. Boom. Not so great. I also started a new website today that is called. Are you ready for this? What is it? The best political shirts dot com. Oh, there you so go. So now when I promote my <laughs> shirts and then you promote your shirts, I'm going to look at you, Tim, and be like, Tim. But is it the best political shirts? My shirts aren't political. I'm just it's saying a gorilla. I, I, but but yeah, you know, a gorilla and then so. me smoking a uh, blowing bubbles out of a pipe. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're not they're not political at all. I still like them. I'm going to wear them as well. So. Well, I do have one shirt that's about censorship, and it's like the pyramid being toppled over, and uh, it's good. I ordered a gorilla shirt, and I maybe Excellent. potentially. Ooh, we've got a couple more. We got the tinfoil special edition coming soon. We just got to figure out we're gonna we're gonna launch it. Yeah. Probably gonna you know try and find a a uh, different company. For the special no. release that'll be listed on the site for a limited time. But it's a gorilla with a tinfoil hat. So we got Ian hanging out. There was a request to run that uh, limited offer shirt for at least a week because people get paid on Friday. So we'll make sure we give everyone oh, a yeah. chance. So we'll, do, we'll do Thursday to Thursday. Yeah, Thursday to do it on the 1st yeah. and the 15th. Yeah. Heck yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, as well as you are, uh, share a common ancestor with gorillas. So let's celebrate. Oh, we, oh, we do. I was thinking back in my first second. I'm like, oh, way, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> way back. Wait, how did you know about our dad, our father? <laughs> right, exactly. He was a gorilla. Yeah. And yes, cool. your dad. My dad's brother. <laughs> of course, we got Sour Patch. Let's press it. I am here in the corner. What up, Lids? Yeah, prematurely. So, man, uh, you know, we talk about Americans being scared of other Americans. Right now, there's news that in Portland, Antifa is smashing up the DNC headquarters. So that's entirely predictable and we're going to go through all that but before we get started i am eternally grateful we have a sponsor today helping make sure that we don't go out of business yes. 
And our sponsor today is Flex Pro Meals. It is a meal preparation service. In the description below, you can click the link and use the code TIMCAST20 to get 20% off uh, of your meal prep. It's really cool stuff. I'm going to read you a bit about it. They say, Flex Pro Meals uses quality ingredients that are not only healthy, but extraordinarily tasty. It might have you questioning whether or not these meals are even healthy, but do not worry. Flex Pro Meals will help you easily get in shape. With Flex Pro Meals, you get high quality meals delivered fast to your doorstep. This helps save a ton of time with a busy schedule. So again, go to Flex Pro Meals. Links in the, in the description below, TimCast20. And I'll be completely honest. I, I think meal prep is fantastic. So if you're someone who's trying to eat right and you don't necessarily know how to do it, because a lot of people don't, you know, you might go to a fast food restaurant and you think you're getting a meal with a salad, but they put sugar in the salad. What are they doing? You can go to Flex Pro Meals and you can pick out your, they got like garlic chicken, Alfredo. They got sesame chicken and that's just right, ready to go. Boom. You're good. You're you healthy. Do it. One thing I like about them too is they maintain portions for you. Right. Yes. Dude, Americans eat. So do you ever go to a diner? We went to a diner and we ordered, I ordered like the appetizer sampler with like four people. And I'm like, dude, this is like 5,000 calories. That's crazy. And then I ordered fish and chips and it was just like, I can't eat this. I don't understand why they do that. It's like wasting money and food, you know? That's what people have come to expect, baby. Well, you know what, man? We got we to gotta chill. So uh, get your meal prep done for you with FlexProMeals.com. Thanks so much for the sponsorship, guys. I really do, really do mean it. And, and don't forget, go to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support the show directly in the event that we get nuked in the Great Purge, because I think it's coming. We really need to build up that defensive barrier, and that's what we need your help for. So TimCast.com. And if you want to get your exclusive I Am a Gorilla t-shirt, go to TimCast.com, click the shop button, and you, in fact, can get your own. And then we're going to have an exclusive uh, tinfoil hat version coming soon. But let's, uh, let's jump into the first story, and we'll talk about Joe Biden being president and this glorious image from Jacobin Magazine. Now, I'll tell you what I find particularly fascinating about this is Jacobin is like socialist. Like they're, they're DSA, many are, there's like communism. It's, it, they get their name from the French Revolution and they've put a cover out and it's Joe Biden as Jesus with the sun behind his head, literally imagery of Jesus. And there are people below him, like looking up and cheering and worshiping him. Huh. It, and there's angels filming and interviewing him. What are these people thinking? This smacks of the French Revolution. The, this was, uh, What's his name's party? Um, Robespierre. Yeah, Robespierre's yeah. party was the Jacobins. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but they he actually became they wanted to get rid of Christianity, and he portrayed himself oh, as a deity right. and came down from the mountain. And they wanted to create he wanted to create a new religion around himself. And this is like a I don't know if they don't know that or if this is yeah. a sick joke or or if they really are are like maybe zealous. that's why they're doing it. I, I mean, politicians are not supposed to be worshipped; they are servants. They're supposed to be serving the people. And I don't care if it's Joe Biden, QAnon, Donald Trump. Stop with this obsession with putting people above yourself and putting all their responsibilities and all your failures and all your hopes into one person and, and take some gosh darn personal responsibility it's, for yourself. It's, you mo- mother. We're supposed to be saying it's too early. We're supposed to be doing this. We're supposed to be seeing our chairs going, Joseph, Joseph, come here, clean up this mess. We've hired you to take care of these problems. Instead, they create the problems and they do whatever they want. They enrich themselves. They're not solving the problems. I think we were talking about this before. The difference between a statesman and what we currently have with crony politicians. Someone who actually gets into office, who gets elected and says, I'm going to go in and focus on solving these problems for you. And then what we have like one or two who actually do. But when you have a media ecosystem that is acting like Joe Biden is literally Jesus, then I don't see how we, we actually solve problems. Because, well, well, my, 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 just to clarify my point. 
Joe Biden could do really horrible things and they don't care. It's, it, but it's funny because they say the same thing about, you know, Donald Trump. I'm kind of at a place where it's like, just let them have their fun. But I don't know. What, what were you going to say, Jack? I was just going to say, how are you going to criticize Jesus? Yeah, come on, man. Setting him up to be untouchable. And then I'm also reminded, and I'm about ready to do this thing I hate where I say, what about? I'm also reminded about uh, this summer uh, when they were tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln, where, where, where Lincoln's standing there and he's got his hand out and there's an, a slave on his knees breaking out of his change and standing up a joy, like rapture's face up to up to Abraham Lincoln. This this cover with Biden as Jesus hovering above a black family in masks, looking yeah. up at him like he's got that is no different. Well, uh, it is the I mean, I guess technically the the statue of Abraham Lincoln was paid for and built oh, like organized by right. former slaves who were right. saying thank you to to Lincoln. Now, the leftist today got that statue removed. They actually removed it. It was in Boston. They, I can't believe it. They took there, it down. There's one in D.C. they're trying to take down, too. They, same same statue. They're taking it down because they're like, it shows that black people were, at one point, slaves. And so they want to sure. erase that. They don't want that idea to exist. So they got rid of it. It worked. Yeah. This is people worshiping Jesus Biden, who hasn't done anything. Nothing. What does he? What did he do? He, he defeated Tara the devil. Reed up against the wall. Yeah, he and, defeated yeah. the devil. There you go. Um, the evil Trump. Yeah. He may have uh, performed what would they call it? Sexual aggressive acts against Tara <laughs> Reid in the and children yeah. and in his workplace. You know, it, it's 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 really hard because I feel like the things they threw at Trump were preemptive defensive techniques. Like you better accuse Trump of it before it comes at us. Yes, because the Democrats are are swimming in, in the corruption and the swamp. And so they're like, let's make sure everybody thinks Trump is corrupt for, like, the emoluments clause, for instance. Man, Joe Biden sending his kid to China on Air Force Two. That's uh, a bit different. It's like we live in the empire from Star Wars, and it's like people just want to just chill out and just accept it. You just want to be a citizen, man. You just want to reap the benefits of the empire controlling all these planets and countries or whatever. Well, so this, this is the thing I was mentioning this earlier. I, I tweeted, I often wondered what pro-Empire propaganda would look like in the Star Wars universe. And it's because we have the entirety of DC locked down by the National Guard, many of whom have no idea why they're there. In order to get in, you've got to show your papers proving you have legitimate business. Why? Because the storming of the Capitol? I don't think we need 25,000 troops locking down the entire Capitol. No, as, as Adam Townsend said on Twitter, it's about imprinting history on people's brains. So that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they just look back and they're like, oh, things must have been terrible. They had to have 25,000 yeah. troops in the Capitol. No one, will, no one will remember the nuance. I've lived in D.C. for 30 years. I've been through a number of inaugurations. I have never once heard of incoming traffic shut down over the bridges coming into the city. The area that they blocked off is like, I, this is they, they blocked estimated. off Virginia into DC. It's like 20 times the size of anything that had ever been blocked yeah. off before. It was just mind boggling. Troops yep. marching. Troops marching down the streets. Yeah, there's a famous meme going around right now with all the soldiers uh, and and the motorcade going through, and it says, "We defeated fascism." Yeah. And uh, and again, those images are are <laughs> e extremely uh, visceral for a reason. And and we have to ask ourselves, why did we do this? Why did we lock down uh, uh, the capital of the United States under a military occupation when there was no protest? Uh, I'm hearing a lot of reports of no protesters at all all being seen anywhere near even the vicinity the, it, of Washington, D.C., protesting uh, Biden. It's the opposite. It, every single like Trump forum was like, don't go. Don't go yeah. to D.C. People were saying, like, don't do it. Don't go. 
But on the mainstream media, we heard nonstop, 24-7, breaking news coverage of threat assessments. It's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly. People, there's, It's going to get bloody and, and dangerous. And, and, and what happened? It was such yeah. a winning move, though, because now all they can say is, like, there was a threat. We responded to the threat, and we, we prevented it from happening. Oh, yeah. Because it, we a, put the troops there. Yeah, it's a winning move no matter what. And think about the media narrative right now and how, say, Wikipedia works. They just take whatever op-ed, and I'm, and I'm not serious, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. <clears throat> they, they take op-eds, and someone will say, there was an insurrection. It's all about framing. So I'm sure if you, if you now look at what the historians are writing, they're going to say there was an attempted insurrection by white supremacist terrorists. And then in 50 years, that's what they want everyone, you know, history is written yeah. by the victors. They want everyone to look back at this day and say, Trump's army of white supremacists stormed the Capitol, th- you know, planning to kill and kidnap yeah. members. And so the troops were deployed to protect the city to prevent another insurrection. It was a trying time. And they did it and they successfully were able to fight it back. And it's only going to get worse from here as we're seeing very extreme language from individuals like John Brennan the former CIA director that literally lied under oath about so many different things, whether spying or the Steele dossier. He came out today on the mainstream media and he said the Biden uh, intelligence organizations are moving in, quote, laser-like fashion to uh, uncover the Trump insurgency and the people who harbored it, including religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, biggest, nativists, and even libertarians. This was, this was yeah. libertarians? He said yes. John Brennan said that Biden's intelligence agencies are moving in laser-like fashion against libertarians. That's a political yes. party. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I, I just, I tweeted the video out because I couldn't believe it because I saw people talking about it. But, but we have the former CIA director, you know, the epitome of the deep state talking about Biden going after libertarians now because of everything that happened. The, the nativist thing was particularly interesting. To yes. Me. They're making it now that if you oppose immigration in any way, you're an ist of some sort. And they're making nativists like racist. So I was listening. I, I, I didn't do a 1 p.m. segment today because I was watching. I had to watch the inauguration, I, you know, and that was happening at the same time. I normally, you know, produce and record. And I remember when Joe Biden mentioned, you know, rejecting the hate of nativists. And I was like, it's a really interesting choice of words. Now people who are like, you're native to the country, you get preferential treatment is wrong. It's an ist, and they're going to use it like racist. I would, uh, so already. So wait, wait, native to the country means American? Yes. Yeah. Right, right. So if you're an American. Yes. And believe that that's important and a good thing. YouTube already made the rule a year ago that if you disparage non-citizens for being not citizens, you will be banned. But most importantly, he went on and he said all of these things, nativists, libertarians are a threat to democracy and are insidious. Those are his exact inflammatory words that are extremely reckless, extremely dangerous, but also most importantly, extremely untrue. When we talk about libertarians, what are they guilty of? Not liking the government, being unsuccessful in politics, having cruddy (laughs) candidates, uh, having some ideas about, you know, individual sovereignty and liberty. What what are they guilty of? What do they do? How do you lump a libertarian in with a fascist? Yeah. Uh, When when everything... (laughs) Again, this is another thing we need to realize here. This whole Democratic Party was built as a large hammer hitting nails. So if you're a hammer, everything's going to start looking like nails for you because that's your single duty. That's the main kind of apparatus. That's how the Democratic Party gained power in 2020. Let's be honest here. They took down a lot of people, and that's how they were able to step on them and get a step above everybody else. And they know that works. 
They know that this is going to be implemented even more before this, and it doesn't take a genius to see that the writing is on the wall, that we're going to see an expansion of this moving forward. Yeah, I think it's important to point out, too, that this process started in the 60s when the Democrats made a very conscious decision to make themselves the party of everybody but the white guy. And to go against the white guys in the, in the late sixties, 1968. If you want to learn more about this, check out Matt Stoller's book, Goliath. There's a whole big detailed section about the deliberate course of action that the Democrats took. And so the, the nail is white dudes and the hammer is what now the state and all the non white dudes behind them, the state, and the CIA, when, the FBI. And go that's ahead. why when, when Alex was here, he said, I am a gorilla. <laughs> but love yourself. We can all because well, the, the idea of that book was, you know, the discussion we were having was that the, the establishment wants you to live in the wilderness. They want you to live, you know, like we used to hundreds of years ago. And that was the general concept. You know, to be completely honest, I think people would do well to get out into the wild. I was going to say, that sounds like a right. good, good perspective. But, but the idea was like destroying modern civilization and technology because we're destructive. It reminds me of The Matrix when Agent Smith is like, you know, humans are not animals. They're viruses. You know, I'm not going to do the whole speech. But that's basically what he says, because animals, he, say, he says, build a natural equilibrium with their environment, whereas humans just reproduce, move around and destroy and mm-hmm. like a virus. That's the same idea from, you know, my understanding from that book. And so the idea is to get humans back into eco state, you know, uh, stability with the natural environment. And then that requires the average person to give up this this way of life. So now I think what we're seeing, especially with the Great Reset, especially with the, you know, the Democratic politicians who have defied their own lockdown orders. The idea is if the rich people are to maintain their lifestyles, everyone else has to sacrifice but them. So that's what they want. That's where we're headed. All the climate change stuff, you know, whatever. That's where we'll go. Yeah. I read Ishmael. Am I supposed to talk about that right now? Yeah, it was like it was on. like twelve years ago. Ishmael's the book where the gorilla comes from. He's the gorilla is called I Ishmael see, that, that Alex Mascot, uh, yes. mentioned. And in the book they talk about takers and leavers. Uh, humans have kind of divided into these tribes of types of people. One is the takers. And and that there's so many takers right now in the world that and the levers we've basically desecrated. I think they refer to like the Native Americans as levers in a lot of ways, protecting the land, you know, allowing, although they were massacring buffalo and each other and eating each other. I mean, it was pretty vicious. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the idea <laughs> is to, to become uh, it's, it's, levers and it's, not, and to give up our taking ways. And, and that I think has a lot of merit. That's the difference between being a producer and a consumer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Leave more, leave the world a better place than how you found it. Oh. The problem is, I don't trust the people who are pushing this kind of garbage. And now we're getting it tenfold with Joe Biden. He's going in, you know, Paris Climate Agreement, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so critical race theory. Even if you do think it's a good idea, you can really look askance at the people who are pushing it. People like, I don't know, Bill Gates or whoever, George. Bill Gates pushing it while at the same time acquiring every last piece of available farmland in America. And now he's the largest farm owner in all of the United States. I doubt that. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Monsanto, the man who like bankrolled pretty much Monsanto with all the stock purchases, is now in control of the United States food supply in many ways. But now, if you had all that money and you knew that we were going to print up trillions of dollars, what is the, what is the yep. best thing to buy in that case? 
beachfront property because of course there's climate change and we have to worry about the rising ocean right, tides yeah. as bill gates literally bought oceanfront property mm-hmm. so that tells you everything that we need to know indeed about but raw like land that. and far and farmland over time have tracked money supply pretty pretty closely yeah so that's a good place to be he must think that there's a lot of inflation coming. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i wonder why drink. so here was the uh drink. here was here was the the joke i i mentioned so we have this from uh, on twitter from Balajis, is that how you pronounce his name? Oh, Balaji. It says, yeah. he tweeted up and to the right, and it's a picture of the M1 money stock yep. skyrocketing. Yep. And y'all know how's that meme money printer go burr? Yep. You ready? Oh, it's going burr for ready? sure. No, the money printer is going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved away from the mic because uh, yes, I don't want to blow anyone's eardrums out. Yeah, it's just. That's the sound I'm making. It's just, you look at the money M1 money stock, and it's just. I'm imagining a man screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. Whoa, Jack! So, uh, out. Yep. yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't know though. People don't have money, right? So some people have mentioned maybe there wasn't enough money in in circulation, and one of the issues is if people aren't working at all because of the COVID lockdown, and they're desperate for any amount of money, then we might actually see deflation. Hmm. The wealth will go. Will I will concentrate into the hands of the ultra rich, the politicians, the elites, and they'll hoard it. Then by holding onto it and strangling out the, the working people, a normal person who's like, I need 15 bucks an hour might finally just break and say, give me 10. I don't care. I have nothing. And then you can get the same amount of labor from that person for cheaper because there's no money for them. Not if the Democrats get their way. You won't be allowed to hire anybody for less than $15 an hour all across no. the country. No, no, no. But, but think about it. What, what they're doing is money printing. And that at the same time yeah. is tricking people into thinking they're getting more when they're not. Correct. Yeah. So with the mass printing of money, yep. the people then getting, oh, oh, saying, oh, I'll get 15 bucks an hour. They're going to have the same buying power. Their lives will not improve. If, but, they, if they even can get a job, right. even if, right. they, if they're valued at 10 or $12 an hour yeah. in terms of their utility. Well, this is the thing. The job question is really, really big because when we have the lower skilled jobs being taken by immigrants, when we have the higher paid jobs being taken because of these visas that are going to be reintroduced, what jobs are left? None of them. And you would think, you know, failing wages, huge health care costs, and the collapse, collapsing economy would be something worth noting and talking about. But sadly, this is something that hasn't been mentioned and talked about. I mean, we, we're, we're talking about it, but not many people are, which is even more scary. You know what's really crazy about this, too? Take a look. We'll, we'll pull back up the M1 money stock. The, the real expansion of the money supply, it, it, it started in at, at the, after the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you look at this major sharp uptick, look at the angle from 2008 until 2020 before the major spike, and it was still rapidly increasing. Right. So I don't know exactly what we can expect. Some people have said M1 money supply doesn't track perfectly with how the economy functions or anything like that. But I think you print all this money. Then you get Joe Biden coming out saying, everyone gets a raise to $15 an hour. And then there's enough money in circulation to balance out that wage increase while not giving anyone an increase in buying power. Yeah, the argument is that you would increase the GDP to debt ratio, which is what happened after World War II. They printed a ton of money at World War II. And then instead of paying back the debt, they just grew the GDP, the gross domestic product, so rapidly that the debt became negligible. And they never ended up paying it back. But that's a that's a healthy use of debt. 
if you can borrow money to grow your business, your enterprise or whatever in such a way that it dwarfs the size of the debt, that's a healthy, that's actually a healthy way. And I've seen economists make the argument that that's what's going to happen now, but it doesn't seem like our our GDP is going to be able to expand that quickly. And that we even have, we don't have the industry that we had in 1945. Mm -hmm. How? With all the lockdowns and all the factories in China, how? And that's that price inflation. But that's why there are concerns about deflation. If people don't work, they don't have money, period, and they'll do anything and they'll get desperate and it can be like, whereas a normal person might be a middle manager at a paper company or a cracker factory and they make, you know, $65,000 a year, you take away that job, their, their savings is drying up and then you come to them and say, I'll give you a buck to shine my shoe. They'll be like, thank you, sir. And well, that's how you, sh- you knock people well, down. Well, everything is becoming more and more digital. So the likelihood of that happening um, is is less, in my opinion. But also, on the other hand, we are going through a national coin shortage. Yeah, we so, so and and then yeah. there is a huge kind of larger kind of psychological push to make you know regular fiat notes something dirty, something that transmits diseases, something that we should stay away from. There's this push has been kind of happening for a while. It, it's kind of been put in overdrive with COVID. So there's there's a big big push to uh, promote a cashless society, which is another big agenda, which could manipulate and control people very effectively. And that's what I've been saying about Bitcoin for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I that's why I'm surprised I didn't buy Bitcoin sooner, because even when Bitcoin was at like fifty bucks, I was telling people that it was the perfect currency for the international elites, who want to be able to track every exchange of currency around the world it's a better technology it's trackable and you can you can secretly seize control very very easily it's called the 51 percent attack and of course the united states has enough money to do it i should have bought right then because that's like kind of obvious that there was there was so much in the conspiracy world about a one world currency i remember back in like the 2000s people were talking about the amero do you remember that luke Yes, the, the, yes, Amero, the North the American. Amero. I actually talked to the Mexican president about that, and really? he was Vicente Fox, and he was yeah. openly pushing for that. Wow. Now he's, and I, I, and I interviewed him after he was president. Now he's pushing for drug legalization. Hmm. Very interesting guy. But Vicente cool. Fox was like, was like, yes, we need a North American Union. We need one currency between Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Of course, a lot of the Democrats promoted this larger idea yep. because they also promoted the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They also promoted NAFTA. All of these larger deals which, of course, help out multinational corporations and screw over the blue-collar worker. So imagine imagine if, if, if Mexico was tied in with the United States and Canada economically, what kind of larger exploitation would actually happen well, by the big multinational powers? They like being able to hire people in jurisdictions that don't have human rights laws. I remember when uh, I first visited Canada and I was talking to a friend of mine. I think it's like 14, 16 years ago or so. It wasn't like the, wasn't it like for every one US dollar got seven Canadian? Like the exchange rate was pretty wild. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who said that they loved it because Americans would jump the border and then go party and just spend money like crazy. And it was great. They could pay their rent very easily. It was harder to buy international products, but their base goods, their food, their shelter was very easily covered by Americans who would come and spend. Then when everything started to normalize, that stopped happening. And it became harder for a lot of people in the service industry to, to make good money because they didn't have the wealthy Americans coming and spending all that cash. And, and this was part of a conversation about economic norm- normalization I was having with a friend. So when it comes to – and we, we've seen things like this uh, in, in Europe. When it comes to trying to make everybody on the same standard, it's very, very difficult to do if it's done with a finger snap government proposal and they do it overnight. But that's why Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is so interesting. 
with this, this, this constant escalation of the currency that, that, that's driving up and up and up, it's getting everyone to be like, I want to do it. It's building confidence in it as a store of value. So people are buying in, they're buying other crypto, and it is creating a one world cashless society. We are, we are on that path through cryptocurrency. Is, is that a good thing? Um, it could be used either way. Um, we've seen a lot of foreign governments get into the Bitcoin game, whether it's China or even more recently, Pakistan deciding that they're going to be officially mining with uh, Pakistani government money. So it could go in a way where it's used as the kind of one world currency that's a cashless grid, total control, lack of privacy coin uh, initiative, or it could be used on the other hand to promote privacy with privacy coins like Monero that are out there, Zcash, that do try to hide transactions so people could still keep their privacy which i think is important it's a double-edged sword it's just like the internet and it all depends on the user base what do you do with it what do you incentivize if you incentivize you know corporatist globalist coins that work with the big banks well obviously those will prosper if you incentivize privacy coins that prioritize your liberty and freedom well of course those will prosper so right now we're in the deciding phase of this larger cryptocurrency revolution that's unfolding right now that is still it, yet to look, be determined if it's going to be really good or really bad for look, personal look freedoms at, look at social media networks it was really good for a while and then started to get really, really bad. And then the government realized, or I should say political establishment realized, oh, no, we've lost control by giving the plebs the, the ability to communicate with each other. Quick, take it back. Yep. Yeah, um, but we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that little opening. There was a little opening, right? And and that opening has allowed me to have a, a job, a, a me independent media organization, allowed you to have a job, yep. allowed other people to have a voice. I don't know, uh, Jack, about your personal kind of history, but Same. There, there was a moment where everything was, it was like the Wild West. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Anything you saw was organic. It was real. It was it was it was genuine. It wasn't corporate. It wasn't fake. It wasn't talking points. It wasn't regurgitation of Disney of Disney bullcrap shoved in your face. And it gave rise to me, you, and and, and Alex Jones, and and you, Jack. So <clears throat> do you, do you think you really think that the Wild West era is over in terms of how do we engage with this universal yeah. connectivity? It's it's closing in very severely, especially with controlled algorithms, especially with demonetizations, especially with the larger programming that's be, that's going behind a lot of these social media companies that are trying to shape people's mind and to program them into a way that benefits their them bro, and their bro. elites if, if, and if anything that i've gotten from yeah. reading balaji and talking to people about ethereum and whatever else is that we're just in the opening stages of this internet thing and that as soon as we crack the decentralization issue we'll be back into yeah complete wild West. i agree with Maybe. you but that's a major issue i, I don't how, know how the do technical we side. how do we how do we push decentralization to a point where not everyone is dependent on google when they control all the information highways when they control no. the major infrastructure of the internet it's that's not, the it's big not question. just google though it's that yeah. they all work in concert yeah right. look at parlor Amazon says, okay, we'll ban you. Google says, we'll take you out of the app store. Parler can't operate without a substantial uh, uh, web hosting, web services, because of how much data is processed by people posting and downloading at the same time. I think someone posted an image where Parler said it was like 300 gigabits a second for like, <laughs> right. And so, I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah. Who's going to be able to provide that other than Amazon? He's going to have to try and find some you know, data centers and things like that. It makes it tough. But I'll just say right now, man, the Wild West has been over for a long time. The Wild West ended well before this. The Wild West ended in, what, like the end of the 2000s 
when political establishment, the, the, like political elites and the political establishment started to realize the power, what they could get from it. You look back to the era of hamster dance simultaneously existing with Goatsy. And mm-hmm. people sending you these things like, I, I shouldn't say. Don't look up Goatsy, by the way. And yeah. don't, don't look, do that. Nope. Right. And there are a bunch of crazy things. There was a period of just anything goes. Napster, Kazaa, LimeWire, <laughs> downloading anything. Those days are gone. I mean, yeah. you still have the Pirate Bay. I believe they're still, they're operating. But that was the Wild West. <clears throat> then the government came in and it started to solidify everything. And it became more like decentralized cities and villages under the strict rule of like the sheriff. Today, the internet is basically a big city. You've got little mom and pop shops that pop up sometimes, and the city, you know, health inspector shows up to shut you down when you say naughty words. Yeah, I, I have faith in human ingenuity, and I believe that we will there will be a new Wild West era in this world of connectivity that we're talking. There about. There will. Um, I hope so. Bitrex, though, you were mentioning the privacy coins, mm-hmm. Monero, Zcash, and Dash, particularly. Yes. Um, Bitrex stopped servicing them. At the beginning of January, they announced it. For American customers, I believe. Yep. And they won't reveal why they stopped servicing them, but that is highly... Uh, National security letters. Uh, yeah, who knows what's coming. Government comes well, there's in no says, way. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's, there's, it's very difficult to track you know, users and, and their money flow. So a lot of Americans have been uh, told that they can't have those coins. They can't use them. Uh, total speculation and just wild ass question. What's stopping the federal government from just buying up all the Bitcoin? Nothing. And that's why I just said a 51% attack is, is very, very easy. All you have to do to control the network is own 51% of the nodes. And that can be easily accomplished by a nation state, especially the United States. What's the total market cap right now? Bitcoin is it, of, of all crypto is like 900 billion or something. Yeah. I'll give you the exact number. We just cranked out $4 trillion. If the U.S. wanted to, or if the Federal Reserve wanted to, they would just spend the, print the fiat, buy up as much as possible, and then not tell anyone. They no. would make a lot of uh, anti-government libertarians very rich in the process. And, yeah, they, right? and, and they would. And they would. And they don't <laughs> yeah. care. Uh, they want, yeah. listen, all of these anti-government libertarian types, the ANCAPs, the anarchists, and the conspiracy theorists were screaming, get Bitcoin. You yep. got to stop it. And mm-hmm. they bought into a totally public infrastructure where you can track every transaction. Yeah. yeah, and people need to realize that because a lot of people don't even understand that basic fact. Everything you do with Bitcoin, there's a public ledger. There's public transactions that anyone and everyone could see all the money coming in and all the money coming out. People fail to realize that. But also very interesting. <laughs> Crypto, cryptos yeah. are wrong word (laughs) yeah it makes it sound secret well that's just bitcoin but there are you know other kind of smaller coins out there that do focus on privacy and and mesh networks and all these other stuff but very interestingly when the u.s government took down the silk road uh when they took down ross ulbricht they had a huge amount of bitcoin that they seized from that personal website and then they started auctioning it off they started selling it to the general public back to them so, um, yeah, you're shaking your head there. Like, well, like, yeah. they just put yeah. throw, didn't, throw didn't it into the bank account. So uh, yeah, the FBI, I think it was an FBI agent responsible for the Ross Ulbricht case was was found to to actually uh, confiscate and steal and personally use a lot of the Bitcoin, which put the trial in question because it proved that the officers involved weren't doing the right thing. So if they yeah. weren't doing the right thing with that, Ross Ulbricht and his and his mom and his legal team were arguing, saying, "Well, maybe we should throw the case out because there's clear government misdoing in this case." We got it. We got it. This is the perfect segue. 
And now... Donald Trump did not pardon anybody worth part. Okay, hold on. Let me slow down. Ugh. I think some people got pardoned who I'm cool with. There are people who like, you know, they were like regular people who committed crimes 50 years ago or like 30 years ago, served 20 years, and they had like no opportunity for parole. And so Trump pardons or commutes their sentences. There was uh, uh, Lil Wayne. I'm actually totally fine with that pardon. What was it? He had like a drug charge and a gun no, charge. It was a gun, well, a gun charge. Yeah. Gun charge. Did he have a drug charge? I don't he had a know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gun, so. Right, right. Yeah, he was a felon with a gun. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I think that's that's fine. But he pardoned Steve Bannon over the build the wall thing, but not the veteran, the 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 triple amputee veteran who was also a part of that. Mm. He yeah. pardoned this cor- the corrupt mayor of Detroit. <sighs> he didn't pardon Ross Ulbricht or Snowden or Reality Winner or Assange there or Joe no- Exotic. He didn't yes, even pardon seriously. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Come on, man. Joe Exotic said he was too gay and too innocent to, to get a pardon from Trump. <laughs> but he actually did. As a, that's, that's what he said. There, this yeah. was a chance for him to, to go out with some sort of, I don't know, pride isn't the right word. Just integrity. Doing, integrity. Doing the right kind thing. Of, yeah. Doing the right thing. And, and, and he did. Now, look. Yeah. Look. Were there probably threats made to him if he did this? Then the Senate might, you know, confirm the impeachment or whatever. I don't even know. Maybe they said that if you don't do this, then we won't come after you later. Either way, dude, you know, it was an opportunity that was missed and it it will leave a salty, salty taste. It's not an opportunity that that was missed. It's a slap in the face to anyone paying any attention. Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon was literally accused of stealing money from Trump supporters. He gets Uh, a pardon. uh, He gets accused. Accused. No, what happened with Steve Bannon was that people who donated the build the wall the build the wall fund were told that I believe the guy's name was Colfage would not receive a salary. Later on, they indirectly were paying him money through I think Bannon, and that was fraud. We still don't know the do, exa- we still don't know exactly what happened. I said he was accused that's of the, doing this. I just this. told you yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's the that, that's but what happened. There still was no court proceeding yet. It's going right, to happen. The, the, we're going to find out the, more the details is, about what happened. Well, I'll, I'll ask you, Jack. Do you think yeah. any Trump supporter who donated money to build the wall cares that Colfage was getting a salary? No, none. None. I, I, I agree. And so him, so Bannon getting the pardon. I say, yeah, sure, fine, but not the other dudes involved. Yeah, but Trump supporters were happy to give them money. I think it's ridiculous they went after him for this. I still think there's more to the case that we're going to find out. We don't know it yet because the court proceeding hasn't happened. But look at the other people. Kodak Black. I mean, he's a rapper that literally made a music video uh, depicting Trump supporters as the Klan and personally choking out a, a Trump supporter with a Make America Great Again hat. So he, he gets a pardon. Israeli spies that were yeah. involved in real espionage. Get a pardon. Mercenaries accused of war crimes. Get a pardon. I mean, are you kidding me? And then we have Assange, Snowden, Ulbricht, all of them just shunned, ignored. And essentially what Donald Trump did is he put the final nails in the coffin for Julian Assange. He is never going to get out. He might as well just have executed him. It was Donald Trump who said in the beginning, I love WikiLeaks. Then when he became president, he got pressed on it. He said, oh, I don't know who Julian Assange is. And now... We're getting information that it was him and his administration that led to Julian Assange's arrest. He's, he knowingly, according to some sources, was getting pushed by many individuals to pardon Assange. This was widely popular amongst his base. And now he just totally ignored him. And Julian Assange will rot in jail for the rest of his life. Listen, He, he essentially signed the, ex, uh, the execution order on him, which is absolutely disgusting and unforgivable. The, the Q people are freaking out right now huh. because, you know. Trump left the White House. It's over. <laughs> and uh, if there was a conspiracy that I'd be willing to believe at this point is that Trump was deep state. Trump's a scumbag and he's a liar. If yeah. listen, listen, 
I don't really think Trump was part of the establishment elites, but I certainly think they scared him enough to where he didn't. He yeah, wouldn't. He wouldn't. A, he wouldn't step out of line. I wouldn't care. Wouldn't name. You know. Wrong. You know. You know. What I think it was. I think once Trump realized he lost, when he saw what was going on, and they went to him, they they probably told him, "They will come after you if you if you free Assange." She was probably like, "Okay, what can I do?" And they said, "Rappers, some friends, just you know, hook your buddies up and then go away, and we'll leave you alone." They won't leave him alone. They don't want him to run ever again. I think they're gonna they're gonna go after him and try to crucify the guy. And he probably thought as long as he played it safe, they'd leave him alone. But they won't. He must be extremely stupid if he thinks that's going to happen because he got yeah. played over that two thousand dollars by Mitch McConnell, like like just a, a little child, smacked around and and totally lied to about that situation. So what made him think that Mitch McConnell was going to tell him the truth after just screwing him about the major promise of two thousand dollars? It would be absolutely naive and idiotic of well, him on. to do that. But it's not only the pardons that were pathetic. Also, his declassifications were utterly useless. He succumbed to every classification request by the FBI. His last order was rescinding an order allowing politicians to become lobbyists quicker. Are you kidding yeah, me? Let's That's go his deeper. legacy? Let's he go surrendered. deeper on that. He surrendered. So, That's what it yeah. is. Trump got on his knee to the deep state, to Biden, and said, spare me and let me live. And, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. And they're not going to let Of course they're not. I don't know. I don't know about that. They're, the precedent of prosecuting a former president no nah, right? i just i'm saying that they they we don't do that right oh they're gonna love to these these but if they do that though but if that was then the that opens the yeah. gates for that to happen from yeah, here on sure but look at the state level zealous far left prosecutors have yeah. already been ramping this up yes. you, you have Nan is not yeah. safe you have nancy pelosi and hillary clinton literally talking about crazy conspiracy theories about vladimir putin being on the phone with donald trump during the capitol siege there's going to be a major overhaul of people going after donald trump and his supporters which he uh, never uh, stood up for you nailed and it if, here, though. and if if he did what you said he did to save his own butt, it's extremely selfish and it's not going to work and it's extremely idiotic in my opinion. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was interrupting you, yeah. kind sir. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're going to go after the people. Yes. And the people more than they're going to go after him. They're going to go after anybody that has any whiff of any dissident of anything having to do with being MAGA or even just white or even just being a dude. It's they, all coming. They can't allow Trump to happen again. They've been saying it since he got elected. They're saying it now. They've been calling for truth and reconciliation. They've been calling for deprogramming. And the media will lie about it. Donald Trump bent the knee and, and begged to be spared and then walked out doing very little. In fact, making things worse. It was, yeah, he, he did he more did. than just the, the, the bend the knee. He, the, yeah. the, the, the so he rescinded thing. an executive order that said that for five years after someone serves in, I don't know what it is, a political office, they can't be a lobbyist. Who signed that executive order? Do you guys know? He signed the executive order yeah, and then he, he yes, signed it. Yes. That's what makes it terrible. The day yes. before he leaves so that he yes. and his friends can become lobbyists in the next five years. He surrendered to the crony establishment on the last day. He said, I won't do anything the people have requested. Tucker Carlson went on TV and said, pardon Julian Assange. Veritas put out the, in, put out the video showing that Julian Assange informed the deep state. Oh, I'm sorry, the State Department. Freudian slip. It wasn't. That it's true. He, that, uh, Veritas put out this video where Julian Assange called the State Department saying, someone oh, is yeah. going to leak these documents. We don't have control over this. We want to let you know what's happening. Proving that there was never an intent from, from WikiLeaks to publish unredacted information to get people hurt. It, it wasn't them. It was somebody else. You had conservatives and Trump supporters stepping up, begging, begging Trump, do this one thing. And what did Trump do? The corrupt former uh, mayor of Detroit? 
the rapper you mentioned who strangled a Trump supporter on video. The black And then folks. he rescinded his own executive order to allow the swamp to walk right back in. Yep. Israeli Bravo. spies accused of actual espionage and actually dealing with legal ramifications from it. I mean, and, and then what is uh, Assange accused of? Espionage, right? He's yeah. not even an American citizen. That's the biggest take here. And if the United States is able to get away with shutting down a man, throwing him in jail, driving him crazy, and essentially locking him up for the rest of his life, that is an extremely dangerous president set that, of course, is going to be used and abused by the next president, by the next person in charge that, of course, now has this huge power to take anyone in the world for publishing information that they don't like and saying, that's it. You're going to you jail gotta, for the rest you gotta, of your life. We're throwing the key away and not even looking. Looking back. You've got to watch V for Vendetta. It's just such a good movie. <laughs> I, I've been on the show, what, 10, 12 times now? Well, Every so, single time we talk about it, yeah. and I still haven't seen it. I'm going to watch well, listen, it next. Listen. I'm watching next. There's the scene where the chancellor says, I want them to know why they need us. And then more importantly, when V storms the broadcast center and, and displays the message saying there's something terribly wrong with this country. If you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, meet me in front of the old Bailey on the 5th of November in one year. And they said, he's a terrorist. Right. You see what they do. They want to make sure you're the boogeyman. Here's the fascinating thing to all these lefties who call themselves the resistance. You were never the resistance. You were the, the cronies. You were the, 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 the lackeys of the establishment elites who are trying to stop Trump, who was kicking the door in. And the easiest way to understand that is since when is the resistance supported by every major multinational corporation and the establishment political party? Now, what's going to happen is you want to know what the real resistance is? The people that are that are libertarians, like like uh, uh, Luke mentioned, the people who believe in indi individual freedoms, who believe in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, who will now be called nativist and white supremacist. And we have this story from the Daily Beast from just a couple days ago. Can U.S. spy agencies stop white terror? Other countries have domestic spy agency agencies to fight extremists at home. Does America need one, too? No. No, we already have many. We have the NSA spying on everybody as it is, and we have constitutional rights. Boy, would they love to destroy that constitution. I'm sure each and every one of these people crosses their fingers when they hold up their hand and then swear an oath to uphold and defend the constitution. What we saw with the corporate alignment from BLM, Antifa, and the uniparty establishment, and those people that call themselves the resistance who went to Yale and work in Walsh, just you know, upper middle white class, they actually are foot soldiers for a corporate fascist state. Yeah. When the when the government and the corporations act in unison to curl tail human rights and to silence people, to, to, to assassinate them effectively, to shun them, to exile them, to shut down their businesses, when they work together, that's called fascism, right? We are living in a corporate fascist state. And the people who are the resistance were actually the foot soldiers of the corporate fascist you know, you state. Know, you know what I love about this left that claims it's not really fascism because it's not nationalistic. Was it nationalistic for Germany to invade Poland or France? Well, you know, there was to expand the homeland. And get right. The, 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 so yeah. when the U.S. has military bases all over the world. There you go. And now they are, we are, we have the public and private lucrative merger to oppress people and seize their rights. You call that fascism. Do you think that the Qatar Turkey pipeline in Syria to get natu natu uh, uh, natural gas into Europe is not about the U.S. expanding its footprint and its power? Just like any of these other fascistic states that were expanding and trying to, and, and, and to take land, 
You have the U.S., which has continually tried to do that. And it's funny. Just I, I, I just really can't understand how so many leftists fell for that for that ploy. Look, Donald Trump was not perfect. He was particularly imperfect. And all he really was, in my opinion, was a disruptor. Yes. He held things back for a little bit. He slowed things down. Yeesh. There were some things that I liked he did, uh, particularly in the past year of his, of his presidency, and some things I really did not like that he was doing in the first couple of years. But trying to get our troops out of the Middle East, obvious. I, we, all the things I talk about, critical race theory, all this stuff, was him holding it back but not being able to stop it. And you had these leftists who claim to oppose the establishment, licking the boots at first chance, making pictures of Joe Biden as Jesus. Have, have these people lost their minds? Did they no. have them in the first place? No, the yeah. Democrats have always been, you know, the, the establishment Democrats, the traditional establishment left have always been loving the, the establishment and the federal agencies and just filleting the news organizations who have lied over and over and over again about everything, notably the Iraq war. And then they all complain about it when it can get them power. Oh, the war is bad. Vote for Obama. And then as soon as Obama gets in, see you later. We're satisfied. More war, please. Yeah. And then we got, what, seven new wars under Obama? Yep, and more worse coming under the Biden presidency. But again, Donald Trump didn't do himself any favors. He was a reality TV star. Uh, I never put my full hope into him, and a lot of his supporters feel absolutely screwed over, and I think uh, rightfully so. I think he was in it for himself. A lot of people always accused me of having uh, Trump derangement syndrome. People called me no better than CNN when I criticized him. But I remember ever <laughs> since, I remember making a video inside of uh, Goa, India. I remember this perfectly because I saw... Donald Trump sit down with Henry Kissinger even before Inauguration Day. And he said how great of a statesman, how great of a friend Henry Kissinger is. And I remember making a video saying, hey, guys, even though Donald Trump is, is promising to bring the troops home, even though he's promising to expose the Federal Reserve and talk about how Saudi Arabia was involved in 9-11, watch out here because the apparatuses of the state are very powerful and they could influence you him wanna, in very negative ways. And what did we have? We had that exact epitome of me, of of, uh, of someone who, you know, sadly, I mean, look at the way he 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 ended his yeah, presidency. I'm going to reveal the real conspiracy here right now, the truth to all it. of you. Well, Donald Trump was clearly a part of the deep state. Bitcoin is clearly the one world global currency. How could the government curtail a growing force of this conspiratorial? ANCAP, libertarian, even 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 libertarian left who oppose the government, who hate it and think it's the enemy. How do you solve this? And they noticed a particularly loud voice, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, the guy leading the charge, constantly talking about all the bad things the corporations and the government was doing. And they figured it out. They needed Alex Jones to prop them up. How do you convince the conspiracy right to actually support the deep state? Donald Trump. So Donald Trump goes on Infowars and Alex endorses him and says he's the real deal and he trusts him and all that. And then Trump gets in and he plays the role of opposition and then does very little and then leaves without actually changing anything. Well, that's a uh, hold on. Before I'm not we get serious. That, that, I know. Saying. I know. That's a theory that you're kind of throwing out there. But I'm, not, I'm not intentionally throwing a theory. I'm, I'm being a bit facetious. The yeah. point I'm making is you think about how these people like Alex Jones actually endorse Donald Trump. And I, I don't necessarily agree that, that Donald Trump was just in it for himself. I think Trump lost and surrendered. Dave Chappelle uh, released a skit that I talked about in, in, in one of my videos today. And he said, you know, I really like how poor white people said that Donald Trump is going to fight for them in the White House. And he said, those poor, dumb people don't understand <laughs> that he's not going to fight for them. He's fighting for me. And yeah. he was he was absolutely right. Dave Chappelle, one dude, of the richest people. And, and, and that's you, what happened. Do you see uh, uh, 
Dave Chappelle did that stand-up special on Netflix, and then he did a, at the end of it after the credits, was like a Q and A, and someone asked him, "What are you going to do now that Donald? Uh, you know, what, what are you going to do if Donald Trump gets reelected?" And Dave goes, "Probably a tax break." Yeah, well, <laughs> well corporations did. People got their taxes back to normal. Uh, yeah. No, they came back to normal. He he gave a tax break that that essentially came Expi- back to normal. No, 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 it expired. Yeah. The moment he was out of office. Exactly. And of course, Amazing. it's, yeah. and again, you know but, but, but to talk about your little theory that you kind of speculated about a little bit, the mainstream media and government were losing a lot of legitimacy before Donald Trump. So, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. So there is something to think about. Sorry, Jack, you, you, no. you want to say something? I'm, uh, I'm all good. I got to yeah. take a drink real quick. Occupy. Um, so let's look, everybody's having mixed emotions on the right right now. It's conflicted. You know, nobody wants to see Joe Biden and the whole freaking, you know, critical race left population take over the whole country and all the institutions yet again. And it's easy to start pointing fingers at Trump and to blame game and remember all the things that were distasteful about him and made it hard to be a public supporter of his. But I just want to go back 2012, 13, 14. That is when the intersectionality stuff started to really take off. That is when the, the rape hoax stuff really started to take off. That's when the UVA rape thing happened. And if you look at Google search also for like intersectionality, it's like da, 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 da. And then 2011 straight up and racism straight up around that time period. And things were just starting to escalate and get out of control and the war on men and the war on white guys and all these horrible. Well, right after uh, Occupy Wall Street, just just interjecting here very quickly, yeah. you see how many times uh, racism was, was used in the New York Times. Right after Occupy Wall Street, it, around not, 2012, the term was, the, the term the, skyrocketed. The, there, there's a chart put out by uh, I think Zach Goldberg is his name. It is from LexisNexis showing all these different terms: oh, yeah, whiteness, social justice, racism, you know, privilege, all, all hockey stick, hockey stick, straight up. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's it, we, we talk about the comic. When Occupy Wall Street, you got libertarians, you know, Luke as like a Ron Paul libertarian sitting down there with a bunch of... I didn't even socials. like Ron Paul. I hate all politicians, but I was akin to him because I, I right. believed in some of his well, policies. What I mean is you were down there at Occupy Wall Street and there was a bunch of like lefty hippie guys and they were like, uh-oh, this is bad. This is actual people with pitchforks, you know, <laughs> rising up, introduce identity politics. Yeah. And then what happens is the white people who are part of that get shunned and insulted and get angry and leave. And then many of those people went and voted for Donald Trump. No. Well, I mean, even I had nothing to do with Occupy. I went down to Occupy DC just to check it out. Man, that was quite a scene down there. I'll never forget the smells and the the overflowing toilets. Oh, God, it was horrible down there. (laughs) McPherson Square. I used to work down there. It was crazy. But just to give back where people are struggling. We're struggling with processing what happened and weighing pros and cons. And was it worth it? Did I make the right decision? Somebody like me, I paid a pretty high social uh, and, and political and, and economic and, and professional price for being a public Trump supporter. And you wonder, was it worth it? And, and if we just go back to 2012, 13, 14, 15, we start to remember that the war on, on men is starting to ramp up and the rape culture stuff and the intersectionality and the racism and the anti-white and all this madness was was just flowing and, and clock boy and Ahmed and all this crazy stuff was happening. And then it's like, well, we can't have Hillary cannot have Hillary. So if I go back to 2016 today, I'm voting for Hillary again. There's no question about it. And I'm voting for Trump over all 17 of the other GOP candidates who were in the primaries in 2016. I have no regrets about that decision. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I, I have I have extreme disappointment with many of the things that have yes, happened in but, this administration. But if you're comparing anything to Hillary Clinton, that's an extremely low bar to compare yourself well, to. I know, so but I, that was oh. the choice. Yeah. 
So I, I, I'll oh. say this too: that there are a lot of people that are all of a sudden like, you know, I won't support Trump. I, I voted for Trump in tw- uh, just a couple months ago, and I stand by my decision to do so. Especially looking at Joe Biden now signing, he's going to sign the equity. He's bring he's he's not just reversing Trump's critical race theory executive order; he's ramping it up. Yeah, seventeen seventy six commission gone. gone. Mm. Yeah. The ban on CRT trainings gone. But Christopher Rufo, a kick-ass guy from Washington, West Coast. He has put together a legal coalition that is going to fight CRT and all of our institutions. He's really getting things done, Chris. Uh, I've had him on the show, on my show, at Jack Murphy Live on YouTube a couple times. Check it out. I know the solution. What's that? The Patriot Party. The Patriot Party. No, I don't know if the Patriot Party is a solution, but a third party is the solution. It is. For, For one simple reason, we need to force the two parties to try and build a coalition to win majorities. So right now, the Republicans are just, if, if we win the majority, we won, and we can do whatever we want. And then the, 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 you know, the Democrats say the exact same thing. What if neither had the majority without at least, let's say, Trump comes out and says, here's what I want you to do. Go vote for this candidate for this party. And they narrowly just win. And they only get maybe like 10 seats. But the Democrats and Republicans are, are split fairly even. So whoever convinces the Patriot Party to support them wins the majority and gets that passed. Well, That's what we need. Something like that. It's too bad it's not the Libertarian Party, but they're kind of wacky and the guy pulled his clothes off or whatever. Yeah. Well, th- well, there is an opportunity here because the Democrats are now looking for revenge. The Republicans are pretty much yellow bellies and they're the Democrats 10 years before uh, <laughs> before, before the Democrats. So there is an opportunity to provide a service that says, hey, Let's try to make people's lives better. Something that, of course, no one is really focusing on. There's no really big political party. There's really no big movement about making lives for Americans better. No one's talking about that. So there is a chance, there is an opportunity that I, that I think could coalesce a lot of people against a lot of the bullcrap happening right now by the establishment. I mean, I know we're just brainstorming here, but if you're not affiliated with the party that's in power and you don't uh, caucus with them, you don't get committee appointments, etc. So like this idea of like a real viable third party in our current system i don't i don't know this can be factions there can be like the tea party-esque faction within republicans there can be the blue dog democrats there's got to be something that works in between yeah maybe blue dog democrats they're mostly gone and i think people like joe man i don't i don't think joe manchin will get reelected no he's uh uh, he's a democrat in west virginia and i really can't see west virginia reelecting him at this point yeah but we need something in between and you know just like you know uh, uh, Jeff Andrews switching parties isn't a solution. It was a huge victory for the right and the left was, you know, Democrats were angry. But I, I, I there's got to be, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you. This. I got no idea. I'll tell you one thing, though. <laughs> the Republicans don't deserve your vote. The Republicans don't. No, nope, they the, don't. The, the Democrats are going to keep pushing and doing doing their, their crazy thing. Uh, I think it was Jesse Kelly who tweeted the left won the culture war because they were the only one fighting it. Yes, and Mitch McConnell is is just walking. You know, it's he's just the turtle going like, well, you know, gotta go slow, and then does nothing. Stops Trump. It, it for too long. Republicans have been the party of, well, hold on there, Mister. Why don't you slow down? And that's it. Not actually fighting for anything. Not actually standing up saying, here's what we want to do. When they put in all these judges and the Supreme Court justices, all they're really saying is, slow down there, Mister. They're not. He's not putting in any. Trump didn't get any judges who are like. I'm going to overhaul Second Amendment rights and guarantee it for everybody. I'm, I'm going to, you know, he, he, it's, it's not going to happen. The people who came in are going to maintain the status quo, which slowly drifts left more and more and more. And that's the future. Unless, unless the people who want to fight for certain things take their votes away from Republicans and create a real hurdle for them. A real hurdle for them. I mean, I, I see the Unity Party 
Kanye West really wants to be president. He's super famous. Someone like that. That's what Donald Trump was. So someone like Kanye. If Trump got behind Kanye. I'd vote for Kanye at this point. Yeah, me too. You know why? The dude is a rambling mess. You guys listen to the Kanye and Joe Rogan? But he's not. If you really listen to him, he makes a lot of sense. Maybe. I listened. I tried listening to the Joe Rogan thing with Kanye and I was just like. What you must? Yeah, do, I, th- I think we had enough. I think we had enough of reality TV stars. Uh, I, I my, my personal opinion, but I think maybe the bigger kind of change could happen is is if people just you know hypothetically not saying this is true or even advocating for this, but maybe if people just don't vote at all or don't participate in the system at all, that could also be a decoupling that could happen organically without any violence, without any fighting. <clears throat> but so, what would the end result really be? Um. People saying because I've talked about it before too, yeah. like a vote of no confidence. That, that's that was my, you know, I stopped voting after Obama, and people would tell me I had to vote, yeah. I had to vote, and I said no because when I vote, I'm telling you that I find your system to be legitimate. Yeah, in that this two party system of you know a turd sandwich and a giant douche is acceptable to me. It's not, so I'm not going to vote, <laughs> or I'll vote for a third party, or I'll vote for myself. Yeah, because I'm the only one I trust to get the job done. So I'll just write my name in, and then I know I just one and, vote. And, won't and just hope 75 other million people didn't put your name <laughs> yes. in. Too. No, 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 no. Just hope that for for some reason I write my name in and put it in, and then everyone forgets when the election day is and the mail gets jammed up, and they're like, "We only got one vote." I said that in 330 million people in 2016, yeah. kind of as a joke. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write my own name in. And a bunch of people wrote my name in. And the next thing I knew, I was city comptroller. I'm like, what's going on? So, like, you really could do something. Look, I think the problem is the question. Why are we asking what the government can do for us? Only thing I want from the government is to stop doing the things it's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Just stop. Can we, you know what? Maybe we need to get a bill passed where you can vote no one. Like, and if, imagine this. Imagine you got, like, Congress, right? And you, you go, you're looking at your ballot. It's like, you know, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party. No one should sit in, in this seat. I'd vote for no one. And then if no one gets the majority of the votes, then there is no rep yeah, for that area. Empty. Just, yes. no. like it's like empty. a really easy empty. quest, but a bunch of people are complaining and arguing about how to get it done. And it's like, dude, make Kanye president. It's the only way. Well, on, on that tip. So uh, speaking of Bellagio and other folks and, and, and the mayor of Miami and people talking about startup founders, they're saying the, the first thing you should do is build an audience. If you're going to start a business, start a company like in Silicon Valley, build an audience. If you're the mayor of Miami, build a social media presence. If you're a jurisdictional leader, build a social media presence so you can use it as a way to recruit people, attract talent and get your agenda accomplished. I, I, if this is the trend, even for just corporations and for political leaders, elected city officials and mayors, the next president is going to come with a huge social media following. So that that is where you have to start to look. Like the next who's got the big social well, media? Who controls I, I, the social media well, companies? So, well, I, I want to pull this story up. Who will be our next president? It oh. has not even been a day, and the media is already salivating at the thought of Joe Biden dying. dying. Well, that's why, that's why he was Jesus, dead, <laughs> and ascend. That's why he was ascending. They want him dead, ascending... Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Quartz writes writes the story. What (laughs) happens if Joe Biden dies in office? Seriously, guys, it's not even been a day. The dude just got in. But we knew that was the game the whole time. They wanted Kamala Harris to be the nominee, and Tulsi Gabbard dropped a gravity bomb, wiped out her campaign. So Joe Biden was their only hope. And then they had that, that, that funny play where all the Democrats drop out and endorse Joe Biden. That was the only choice. 
Then Joe Biden was able to beat Bernie Sanders. And so as soon as it happens, I, I'm willing to bet they wrote this story before they, they were sitting on it. Yep. They were waiting. Here's it from courts. What happens if Joe Biden dies in office? As of noon today, Joseph, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the 46th president of the U.S. See how it's written? As of noon today, as if they wrote it before he was president. Is Robinette actually Bob? Is he Joe Bob Biden? Yes, he, is. <laughs> he sure is. No, better than I that, he's it. Joe Bob Jr. Yeah, he's Joe Bob Jr. I love it. I mean, that actually kind of sounds endearing, so I would it call him It does a little bit. Joe Bob Jr. Joe Bob Jr. They say he is the oldest no offense, president. No Joe Bobs. So, so here's what's funny. At the inauguration, Joe Biden was older than all of the former presidents who were there watching. Combined. No, that's not combined. <laughs> no, no, no. But like you had Obama, Bush, and Clinton. And Joe Biden's older than all of them. Whoa. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's older than Bill Clinton, right? Yeah, he is. That's crazy. Yeah, they said he was he's older. older. And Bill Clinton was like falling asleep. Did you see that? Bill Clinton fell asleep and he's like, oh, well, 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 they say it was the greatest inauguration speech ever given. Mm. Oh, well, Bill Clinton fell asleep. Yeah, so I got he's an old guy. Anyway, they say he's the oldest president to serve the country at 78. He is even older than the older, <laughs> the older president to leave office, Ronald Reagan, who was still 77 for a few days. And Reagan lost his mind. He, had dementia, he thought yeah. that's that, that movie. What was it? Well, he thought that movie was real. You know what I'm talking about? Where the, mm. where the, the computer is going to fire the War nukes. games? With yeah, Matthew was that Broderick? it? Yeah, he thought it was real, something like that. The only winning yeah. move is not to play. Right, right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, why say, do they have to write an article about it? We know what the answer to the question is. Well, well here's what they say. He's, they say 78, and that is almost two years older than the current life expectancy of a U.S.-born male, which is 76.3. And declining. The lowest of all mm -hmm. wealthy countries, and 14 years older than the male life expectancy of an American born in 1942. His life expectancy is 14 years above people born in the same year as him. He's probably uh -huh. already dead. Well, so you know what's really funny? Because uh, I, I said this as a joke. They locked down all of D.C. Yeah. Because the inauguration actually happened weeks ago. Yeah. It was recorded, and they can't let anyone see. I'm kidding, by the way. Well, he's been in political office for 44 years. Seven. Uh, 47, 47 or 47? Uh, 47. Well, that, that, again, almost 50 years now. And, and I see a lot of people tweeting, he's going to fix things. He's going to change things. And I'm like, huh? When, when Joe Biden first got elected, there were people serving in the Senate who were born in the 1800s. Oh. I, I, I don't know if that, fact check me, because I saw that on Twitter from a journalist. They said, right. yeah, that makes sense. They were talking about how Joe Biden was like one of, he was one of the youngest or the youngest at the time senator to get elected 47 years ago. And there were people who had been born in the late 1800s who are still serving. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and they gave him the nuclear football today. Yep. Yeah. Another sensationalistic garbage story that we saw in the mainstream media was <laughs> Donald Trump stealing the nuclear Steals football. The and other left-wing Twitter personalities with real, real, actual Trump derangement syndrome talking about, I think he's going to set off some nukes before he <sighs> goes. Literally, that's the, the, the hyperbolic, fear-mongering, paranoia, disinformation, sun nonsense that was the, out there today. The Sun published that Trump had taken the, the nuclear football with him to, to Florida. And so I tweeted out the story like, wow. And then I saw the video of the football being delivered to Biden. I was like, oh, come on, you guys. But let me read some of this. They say this. It's happened before. A seamless transition of power in the case of unexpected events is a hallmark of a functioning democracy. Biden is healthy and vaccinated. But given his age, it's responsible to ask what happens if he gets ill while in office or worse, dies. After all, that has happened to a remarkable 17 percent of U.S. presidents, eight out of 46. In 1841, William Henry Harrison died of typhoid at 68. In 1850, Zachary Taylor died at 66, possibly of cholera. In 1865, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. James Garfield 
was also assassinated in 1881 at the age of 48 by Charles Guiteau, a lawyer who believed he deserved a reward for helping the president's election. Interesting. William McKinley died at 58, 1901, also assassinated by anarchist Leon Charles Gauze. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know. We, we had that many assassinations. Yeah, that's crazy. Warren, uh, oh, let's see. Uh, Warren Harding died of a heart attack in 1923 and was not, as it was rumored at the time, poisoned by his wife, Florence. Franklin Delano Roosevelt died at, uh, at the age of 63, poor health, and John F. Kennedy, he got his head blown off. Yeah. Who's next? The 25th Amendment of the Constitution, which deals with presidential vacancy, disability, or inability, is clear on what happens if the president <clears throat> dies, resigns, or is removed. Removed. Or is removed. Oh. Ah, yes, this one. Yeah. This, this, this one. Do they go on to mention the, uh, the commission? The line of succession. Uh, established in the 1947 Presidential Succession Act. Starts with Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Okay, they're saying, what happens if both the President and Vice President are unable to serve? So it goes Nancy Pelosi, and then it goes Chuck Grassley, and then it goes Democrat, uh, then, then after Chuck Grassley, the President pro tempe, it will be Democratic Senator Pat Leahy of Vermont. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, he would be pro tempe. And the then Cabinet members, starting with the Secretary of State. However, the Presidential Succession Act says officials beyond the vice president in line of succession would only be acting as president, not become president, after resigning from their office. They will only hold the office until a new president can be chosen. Blah, blah, blah. We get the point. The media is going to start ramping up this kind of rhetoric because it's responsible to ask. Joe Biden's 14 years older than his life expectancy for his generation. So, yeah. President Kamala, who did she pick as VP, if that's the case? Hillary? Good Lord. And then, and then, and then Kamala has a unfortunate, unfortunate accident. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then Hillary becomes president. And the circle is complete. Yes. You know, I have a tweet in 2018 that's just sitting there waiting to get brought up. It's, it's Kamala Harris will never be president. Mark it down. <laughs> and, uh, Back. it's becoming even, uh, it's becoming clear that that, that's at risk. It's good that you embrace it though. Yeah. I'm embrace. <sighs> Don't run from it. I'm not running from the tweet, but man, Kamala Harris presidency sounds terrifying to me. Well, Although, well, effectively, what do we have now? Anyway, I mean, it's going to be all the same policies, all the same procedures, all the same appointees, I, all I, the same crap happening. I said I thought Kamala Harris was going to be president at one point, and then Tulsi Gabbard, you know, nuked her right. campaign. And so maybe that will end up coming true to a certain degree. I will take credit for my uh, completely accurate prediction, uh-huh. which no one saw coming, <laughs> that Joe Biden would be inaugurated without a hitch. <laughs> and it was crazy because so many people were like, I don't know, man, I'm hearing this stuff. And I'm like, dude, nine, I said 99.99999% chance Joe Biden is going to get inaugurated. After the election, there was like a, I gave it like a three to 5% chance Trump pulled something off because the lawsuits didn't happen yet. And then after the lawsuits failed, I was like, it's going to, it's going to be Joe Biden. It's, it's, it's Trump against the, the establishment, the cronies. He's got no allies. He's got his supporters. That's great. It's a lot of people. And that's about it. The Republicans don't like him. They want him gone. And that's why I think they might actually convict him in the Senate. They might. They might say, well, insurrection is a very serious thing, and this country must get back on track. In order to unify, we're going to vote with our Democratic counterparts. And that's it. Trump can't run again in 2024. Convicted of inciting insurrection. I keep hearing that the Republican Party is trying to scrub Trump and all the signs of Trump out of the party. Do you guys think that's what they're doing? Do you think it's a good idea? Of course they will. Yeah, yeah. But you you know what I love the most? Joe Biden is going to be inheriting quite a budget crunch from President Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, Lisa Simpson said in the Simpsons episode where she becomes president. We've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. 
And then Trump got elected and the deficit increased and the debt increased. And now there's Biden. But it's okay because the budget crunch is meaningless when money printer go burr. It just means that you, the American citizen, will see your buying power diminish. I hope you've been paying attention to your ability to buy uh, foreign goods. So, you know, what, what people don't seem to understand about the minimum wage and economics is that trade within your, you know, trading block, your country or whatever, can be fairly static because if you're going to trade with someone next door, like let's say your, your neighbor's got, you know, eggs, got much fresh eggs, and then you're like, I've got some freshly chopped wood. You're going to, you have a kind of understanding on how much work you would be willing to do. When we see inflation in this country, it's going to change the way we import goods from other countries because that's where the, the, the change is going, to, is, going to, is going to really, really impact you, which is why computer components have been skyrocketing in cost. So I've been, we've been trying to do a bunch of IT stuff and we've been getting hit with, you know, certain computer components. I think motherboards may have gone way up. You want to build a computer, it's getting harder. You want to buy a tablet, the price is already up 30, 40%. That's happening right now. Not to mention, wow, dude, is property skyrocketing. We are on track to be like Ukraine, where a ton of ultra wealthy corporations and individuals will hold the majority of the wealth and regular people will be desperate and unable to pay their bills. What's really amazing about Ukraine is that my assumption when I when I, I've been I've been there several times, I have friends there, was that property must be really cheap for an American. You know, they're 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 uh oh, how did we lose connection? Of all the times to lose connection, that makes no sense because we have great internet. But I'll continue the story anyway. So I assumed that uh, property would be cheap because the the, the exchange rate for a dollar to the hryvna, probably pronouncing it terribly, is uh, really, really high. It's getting higher and higher and higher, especially with the the, the instability. And no, it turns out if you want to get property in Kiev, it's comparable to American prices. Why? Because oligarchs run the country. So... And we're back for whatever. That was weird. So anyway, long story short, when you have a a country that functions very much like Silicon Valley, the ultra wealthy are rich, will always be rich, and they control the flow of money. The poor people will never never make enough enough to buy property ever again, and that will maintain the oligarchy. And that's where we're going to right now. The mass printing of money will make it so that regular people will never own anything. And doesn't that sound familiar? In the future, by 2030, you'll own nothing, and And you'll you'll be happy. Yeah, you'll love it. I mean, we clearly live in an oligarchy today, a uniparty. The corporations are oligopoli- oligopolists. They're, they're working in there. It's a cabal at this point, basically. Right. Well, let's not be negative, Nancy's. Let's, let's, I think we should take some time and, and appreciate the good things that Biden and Harris are really great at. I would like to start off and say that they're really good at jailing people for victimless crimes, and they're very effective. Got to jail someone. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's going to be pretty boring soon coming up as well. Luke, Luke, Luke. Listen, let's let's, 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 let's be honest here. These poor private prison companies, their bottom line is at risk. Yes. Look, if people aren't being incarcerated, then how will they maintain corporate profits? Yeah. What else is the military industrial complex supposed to do? Hey, look, man. Look, there are a lot of kids running around over in that Middle East. Yes. Someone's got to blow them up. Fire up the drones. (laughs) Morbid humor, my gosh. (laughs) You know what? Anything you're looking forward to, Ian? (laughs) Just like uh, support the guy and let's evolve our economy. Support, support the guy. <laughs> We're just talking about him incarcerating innocent people and blowing up kids. Yeah. That's great for no the economy. Doubt. We live in the empire. I mean, it's a it's a masochistic lifestyle that we have, but it can be better. 
We do live in the empire. And I was thinking yeah. back about uh, your comment earlier about what would like empire propaganda look like in yeah. the Star Wars universe. That w- not, not exactly. But that was one thing I liked about Solo was that it did sort of give you a taste of what like the bureaucracy was like within the empire when he was like trying to get signed up and trying to enlist. And it just, you know, it, it gave you that sense of like, what what was it like dealing with like the line workers well, in, imagine in empire? If uh, I was thinking about it because we were watching Star Wars and it's like, Darth Vader is a quadruple amputee war hero who was horribly burned fighting to end the Galactic Civil War. They won the Civil War. Like, if, if you follow the whole history, Anakin Skywalker killed the, the leaders of the Separatist movement ending the war and was brutally maimed and scarred over it. To the Empire, to those who supported it, he's like the hero of heroes. You know what yep. I mean? He's like John McCain. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, of course, you got the rebels who don't like him. But I think... I don't, I don't know if that's disrespectful to John McCain, but, uh, there's, there's an analogy there. You know what I mean? Fought in Vietnam, you know, was, was, it's messed up what happened to the guy, you know, with all due respect. But hey, hey cryptocurrencies are going to go up alternatives to the dollar as well. That's, that's something right to be, I'm trying to be positive here. Yeah. Okay? Look, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. <laughs> the, the, the truth is as much as there is an oppressive ruling class, there is still a possibility for those of good willpower and of strong mind and body. To break through and, 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 and move and find that upward mobility. It's getting harder and harder to do. And when it eventually becomes impossible and they've solidified their oligopoly where there's two classes and you can never bridge them, a caste system essentially, that's when you get true revolution. Because then you're going to get really, really smart people who are capable who say, I know for a fact the bridge cannot be meant, cannot be created. Therefore, I'm going to rally, you know, the people around me. Right now, what happens is, You've got people who can actually make their way into the upper class, into the ruling class, and become rich. So why would they ever? I, I think I think one of the harbingers of civil war and and major conflict like that is intra elite competition. It is it is the competition between the nine percent and two percent versus the one percent. Uh, those people who can see it but they can't reach it, they're kept out. 1%. But they have capabilities and the, they have means. It's it's the one percent trying to get to the point one percent. Yeah, and so Similar. one one of the issues here is that. Our top tax bracket in the progressive system is like what? It's a, it's up to two, everything after 250. So I think it's something like that. What, what ends up happening is a dude who makes half a million dollars, rich dude, he can buy a lot, comfortable, got a nice savings, got a bunch of stocks, and he's doing really well for himself. Net worth with a salary that high could even be upwards of a few million dollars, him and his, his family and his kids. But how does he get to the point where he's worth a hundred million? 200, 300, or, or a billionaire. The problem is, if you're getting taxed at half your money and you're making 500, you've got 250 disposable. If you're making 10 million and they're taxing you at half, you've got 5 million. So you have a lot more money to play with to expand and grow rapidly. So if the tax bracket stops at 250, then it's really, really hard for people just above it to actually become ultra wealthy. But for those born into wealth, granted wealth, or who eventually get there themselves, they can sustain that very, well, very easily. That's the irony of the progressive tax system that it actually enforces economic castes. Yep. Yeah. Well, so the solution is either I don't I don't believe the solution is a flat tax. Uh, the solution would probably then have to be more progressive brackets. The problem with the flat tax is that you still have basically the same thing. Yeah. It you, it is it is. For, for somebody who makes 100K a year, paying even 25%, they don't have the disposable income to invest and to grow and to experiment 
and to play around with. And somebody who's ultra wealthy, just more power, you know, power attracts power. The more you have, the, the easier it is to gain more and more and more. The problem is punitive taxing is just giving the government money to waste and burn. And that's not helping anybody either. Yep. So I don't know how you actually solve that problem. Yeah, I was going to bring up that point. I'm like, when we're taxing people and the government's yeah. getting more money, what are they spending that money on? It's They're just, giving it to their friends and, you know. Right, right. So the issue is taxation just empowers the corrupt government. And without taxation, this, this is why I think if you had to make a choice between laissez-faire capitalism and socialism, laissez-faire is the best because at least power is decentralized for a short period of time. Eventually, it starts to coalesce around corporations and you get what we're seeing kind of today. But if you go for communism, then you're just instantly centralizing all power around the committee. Here's something that's interesting that's coming up. I was talking to John Robb, a, a fantastic analyst who's been really on top of what's been going on the last number of years. Well, going back to the uh, Iraq wars, actually. And he and I were talking and he had an epiphany. He realized that socialism is coming. But it's coming through, he called it personal socialism, enforced through the corporations, right? The corporations are going to enforce the socialism. Stand aside for people of color. Relinquish your positions of power. This is the end goal of CRT. It's being adopted everywhere. It's being beaten into our kids. It's in the corporations now. And now these ideas of stand aside, give away, step back, lose your power on purpose, give up to the, to the collective. It's like corporate enforced personal socialism slash communism, which is a very insidious way of it actually coming into your society. It's like it's, it's like it found a different vector. Yeah. It tried yeah. to go through the government. It was like, oh, can't go that way. Oh, now we'll go through the corporations. And, so there, and now it's going to work. There's two kinds of people. Several years ago, I had a conversation with very prominent leftists, uh, a writer who's still particularly prominent today. And we both kind of concluded the same philosophical assessment on life. That purpose is what you decide it to be, that there's no, uh, you know, like, what is the universe? It was, it was, I'll, I'll put it this way. It was a rather nihilistic end result of our conversation. That if there is nothing to do, what do you, what do you, what are we here for? What happens when we die? We can't prove anything, you know, so we're just here. Then what do you do? And what's the point? And I said, then do your best to be positive, to build, to create, to help others and just make it enjoyable for the time being. And her response was, burn it all down because it's fun and it's funny. And this is a very prominent leftist. And it was during Occupy Wall Street. And I was just like, why cause suffering and pain? She was like, there's no point anyway. Maybe these people should finally realize that there's no point. And it's fun to kind of shake things up and watch it burn. And I was like, I don't think suffering is, is fun at all. I think we want to help and build things up. And so it's the light and the dark of, of what's happening. What I see from that is, when you get to the point where you have this, the insidious nature of critical race theory it pushing some kind of, you know, this kind of socialism into the system, you have many very smart people like this individual I talked to totally, you know, we agreed on many philosophical points saying, dude, I can be the elite sipping my wine in my penthouse, laughing at all the stupid plebs who buy the garbage we sold them. And I'll be rich forever and comfortable and live a glorious life if I just submit to the system and, and push it. Deal. And then you get people who go the other way and say, I'm going to make sure people have the choice. And, you know, it's light side versus dark side. Star Wars reference again. How about that? <laughs>
Well, they did write it that way. <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned that I think kind of hits the nail on the head is how underhanded it is. It's all done in the name of equality, helping people. But in reality, what we're seeing is just another transfer of power to the super rich, to the super wealthy. And to bring up your point, I do believe that there's a bigger kind of cosmic energetic fight. You know, a lot of people may look at you crazy or side-eyed when you talk about these larger kind of energetic forces out there. But I definitely do agree because there's literal politicians in woods worshiping things like Moloch with their secret society. So yeah, I, I know you're looking at me on. sideways, but but when we have when we have very powerful institutions that that are circulated no, within secret societies that are circulated amongst some that's really still weird just trippy the political, stuff, dude. It, it's yeah, it is political, but I think it's beyond that. I think it's energetic, personally, and I think there's a lot more going on outside of our realm of understanding that 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 we can't even comprehend yet. So it's kind of like Constantine. The angels and the demons are in the, are lurking, you know, kind of in between reality, coaxing people to do good or bad, and it's a yep. it's a bet that God has with the devil to when see I, what will people when choose. When I was a kid, some kids would like pull the legs off of spiders or take magnifying glasses and fry ants from with sunlight and kill them. And I went to a birthday party in like fifth grade, and all my friends were there, and they took these wiffle ball bats outside, and there were lightning bugs. You know, those have you ever seen lightning bugs? And they were just smacking them. And Killing them, Damn just me. just destroying life for fun, and I wouldn't do it. I went inside and I sat alone, and I was treated like the the outcast. I, I became the outcast. I became the psychopath because they were all normalized. There's, but they were the psychopaths killing for fun, and that's in our children. Takers, not leavers. I don't know. H humans, gorillas, we're killers, dude. We kill. We kill to eat. That's how we live. It's yeah, but, built into all of us. But you know, you know, we they, have to practice. Well, this. they were killing to eat. They were killing for fun. But you, the kids play as yeah. a way to learn how to be adults. And as a human animal, you have to kill things to eat. Sorry, vegans. You have to <laughs> kill things. Well, they're to killing eat. plants, vegans. Yes, yeah, exactly. How and dare and they? all the mice and the bugs and everything that are byproduct killed and that. But like, play is to teach you how to be an adult. Killing a lightning bug, probably not the best thing I'd imagine. I'd prefer, you know, put, capturing it or whatever. But dude, I've smacked some lightning bugs. I remember seeing the yellow stuff all on my hands. Kill, killing you, things you just, is being part just, of humans. You just smacked a bug now. I looked at you sideways. I was like, what are you well, doing? That's twice that stink <laughs> bug landed on my mic. First time I went that way. Second time I went this way. I, didn't, I, I, didn't was, Luke, I was more worried about the bug than me. Didn't Luke Skywalker talk about shooting womp rats or something? Yes, he did. Well, what, what is that? He's killing small animals? That's a was he eating them? Was he hunting well, or was he just in, for fun? That's kind of weird. In nature, we also see some cruelty from animals that just torture and play with their prey a lot of the times. Name, name the animal. Cats. I don't name, no, name another one. Um, uh, the, the whales. Dogs. The orca, orca whales. Orca whales don't do that. Dolphins. Dolphins don't do that. The whales with the, with the white. No, 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 no. Dolphins trip, trip balls Dol off pufferfish. Dolphins will drag humans underwater and drown them for fun. They do terrible. I don't know if that's for fun, dude. Well, they don't seem so to do it to they eat. Say, they don't eat them. They, the say, they say there's two, there's, there's two species on this planet that kill for fun, humans and cats. Cats will literally kill and then walk away. Most other things kill for a reason, but cats will like torture the, the small animal because it amuses them. I don't know about anything else. Maybe I'm wrong. What's those? But big, the pufferfish yeah. thing was because they'll, they'll chew on it for the toxins and then get stoned and then spit it out and then it's like all messed up and then they'll you know they they're doing they're they're I'm doing sure they're dolphins doing puffer, will man. drag humans alligators will just I mean maybe they're doing it to eat I think no I I, 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 I mean I've seen dogs kill squirrels and then just walk away from them. I mean yeah. it happens all over yeah. the place yeah 
Uh, I forgot. But I if we keep it, looking it, to it, nature as yeah. a, as a role model for us yeah. as humans, it's probably not the right yeah, path. We should, We'd like to take a higher ideal. And I keep thinking about that Kanye conversation with Joe Rogan. The only thing that I took away from that Kanye conversation is when he said, and I thought it was very powerful. He said, I don't fear anything because I have replaced all of that with the fear of God. Yeah. He lost his mom. He and that, all, all that he couldn't be hurt and he lost his me. mom. That struck me. That struck me. That was a powerful statement. It really was. And, and I've never been religious. I was bar mitzvahed as a kid. I was, you know, went to Catholic mass. I had a, you know, mixed family. None of it ever stuck. But I'll tell you, in the last three, four, five years, I am most open towards some sort of spiritual awakening, some sort of faith, something, uh, than I've ever been in my life. And, and I can see. I can totally understand the case. I'm just kind of waiting for that epiphany. To you know, happen. I know a lot of very wealthy and successful people who believe in magic. Yeah, I can understand why. Yeah. I've had success in my life, and it's come in part from just closing my eyes and dreaming about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and then speaking it into existence and then talking about it. And then all of a sudden the world changes around you and you begin to see the opportunity to make that story come true in your they, life. Now they say it could be positive mental attitude. Yeah. You focus on doing what you need to do. You visual, you visualize it. Yes. What happens when you, when you say, I want this, you're now focused on looking for the things that will get you down that path. Yes. But I know a lot of people who are wealthy and successful people who come from humble beginnings who genuinely believe that it's magic because, I mean, I got to be honest. I know some people and I'm like, how did you pull that off? And they're yeah. just like, I willed it. I believed it. Yeah. I know a lot of people believe that, you know, crazy stuff like that. It's magnetic. That's where the word magic comes from, that M-A-G yeah. prefix. And it's like the sun is magnetic. I mean, we see that in the solar flares. Yeah. Uh, our bodies are have electromagnetic you know, toruses around them or our neurons in our brain when we think are creating magnetic mm -hmm. electric pathways or, or, and we're connected and to the system. Energy. Or it's a simulation. And the person who is controlling the game is like, they want to be, you know, new career. So I'm going to go to new career mode. I'm going to go to pay, for, you know, pay to play. It's 10 bucks and I can activate rockstar mode. I think it, dude, I think it's legit a magnetic There you go, man. That's how Like it's, it's, we're experiencing simulatory we're, we're simulating, you know, we're reading binary code like as senses, but it's a magnetic structure Isn't, that we're I mean, connected we're, we're to. We're all experiencing limited dimensions to how many dimensions are out there. Yes. And other people call it, you know, manifestation, whatever you may, you may want to call it. But there is yes. something to say about this that has been looked into by science that is absolutely freaky. Uh, and some people call it religion, and I think there's a lot of power in religion, and it shouldn't be underplayed. It shouldn't be criticized. But for me, it's something very Isn't personal. It, I experienced, I had insane, if I tell you what I experienced, you guys won't believe me in so many instances. And I don't even feel like sharing it because I'm going to be looked at as a crazy person. But I, I do truly believe that there is something bigger, some, a power out there. I that, read, I was reading this that, one conspiracy theory. Important. I don't think it's, yes, I don't think conspiracy yeah. theory is the right word for this. What do you call it? Like paranormal theory, I guess? People were, well, I guess it's actually a conspiracy theory. I was reading this thing online where they said that <laughs> every, every person has the ability to influence the universe. Yes. And so they put fluoride in the water to dull people's brains so their ability to influence is dramatically weakened. And those who don't have the fluoride, fluoride in their water brains are stronger. And that it created a dulling effect because there are too many people. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying there are people who believe that. They believe I, there's like a nefarious effort by the government to take away the masses' ability to will into existence their own universes. I, I don't. I don't think that that far. I think that they're doing it because it's good for your enamel. It remineralizes your teeth, but and they're just like damn the consequences with it does to your endocrine drink system. It? Yeah, it's not good for your endocrine system. But you don't why want it on your skin because they just want it on people's teeth. It's like, like you a can just brush thing. your teeth. Yeah, but then they really. also saw that 
toothpaste without fluoride in it. I have it. <laughs> it's so confusing. I do one of each. Five days with the without the fluoride, and then like one day a week. I'll well, we're fluoride. on well water, man. There's no fluoride out here. Yeah, There's but none. but it's really good for your enamel. Fluoride. Yeah, fluoride's yeah. De- deadly. Unless for your you're a baby. System, though. Unless you're a kid, and you'll get fluorosis. It messes your teeth up real bad. And it calcifies you your pineal gland. Legit, dude. There's something. That, does it pineal... really do that? Your pineal gland. You ever see that? You ever see that? that? What, what was that? What was that movie from the '80s where the dude turns the machine on and then his pineal gland like turns into an eye and then he becomes like some kind of deranged monster? You ever see that one? No. What was that movie called? Great. I'm sure somebody in the comments know. knows. But yeah, I, yeah. So, so a mad scientist creates this thing to stimulate the pineal gland, allow, allowing them to see into another like dimension, and then the scientist gets his head bitten off by a monster and then fuses with it. It's a crazy movie. That's cool. Yeah, are you saying that that the only way out of this is through magic? No. Are you saying that one way out of this is through? I don't magic? even know how we got into this. Well, well you what, said that religion, really successful religion, people about, you know believe in magic, yeah, believe in and magic. I think that coalesce cor- corresponds with magnetic. Well, uh, well, listen, listen, listen. There are people I know who are not religious, and they call their experience magic. And the people I know who are religious call it God. I call it magnetic because I know, I've studied physics. I know people. <laughs> yeah, but but listen, I know people who say that they've actually spoken with some kind of otherworldly being. I told this story before on the show about a guy who said he felt a voice from within his own body talk to him. And so there are people who see that and they go to religion. It's really interesting, this dichotomy. It's people who believe there is something else, a greater power, giving them guidance and protection, whereas the people who believe in magic think it's their power well, it's that's probably, granting it's them It's probably this. like alpha waves and the resonating frequency of the alpha wave vibrating through your body. So like you're getting these really long waves that are passing through black holes and through our sun and through the earth, and they're going through us, and they're causing... A vibr- you know, the, the resonating frequency is like when a wheel starts to spin, it spins so fast that it looks like it's spinning backwards. Yeah. That's the resonating behavior of vibration. I don't know what that has to do with. So that you, they actually start to hear it because it's resonating in their system. I'm just Your saying, bones I'm just are saying like this, crystalline. Bro, you're not going to be able to explain magic to anybody because magic is not explainable. It's just magnetic. Probably. So if you no, think no, about no, it no, as no, magnetics. Dude, dude, ma- magnetics <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, listen, yeah, we, we, we have a general understanding field. of ele- electromagnetism. And when I'm talking about someone saying, I wish I had a sandwich, and then a guy walks in with a sandwich, it's nothing to do with magnetism. It's something entirely different. Well, I don't know if that's nothing someone, to do with magnetism. No, listen, if listen. you have a thought, and then it's, no, it bro, tends toward becoming you, you, real. You, you do this too much, okay? You bring, I barely do this at all, Tim. Bringing up something totally unrelated. You're the one that brought up magic. And, and so, so Jack so I brought talk, up magnetics. Which has nothing to do with it. You're it has the same prefix. It's almost like... This reminds I'm... me of dictator and diction. Remember? When someone says they're hunting ghosts, so they pull out a, an EMF reader, it's yeah. meaningless. Yeah. They just arbitrarily decided that something that somehow has something to do with ghosts. Yeah, I don't think there's much to that. The point I'm making is it's really interesting that there's two versions of something very similar. People who believe there is a higher power than them providing guidance, and they believe in that power. And people who believe the power is actually their own, and they're the ones influencing. I the think world. that it's coming from there, out there, but it's going into you and changing your body through know. vibration. And so they hear it; they think they're hearing it, but it's just because they're vibrating. Like sound all, is a form all of I know is that if I have an idea about something in the future, and I close my eyes and I think about it and I meditate on it, and it becomes a mantra, and it becomes my personal narrative, the story I tell myself and I tell other people, and it shapes the way that they see me, shapes the way that I see reality. Then reality changes, and it manifests into actual, physical, real things that affects other people. And if that's not magic. I don't know what is, and and I'm all about it. Like, it sounds foo foo and woo woo or whatever. Positive mental attitude, positive mental attitude, and visualization, and a person, a a crafted 
personal narrative that you tell yourself, that you tell other people. So it shapes the way they see you. It shapes the way you interact with the world. We, we have, yeah. there, there's so much data in the world perception wise that our job isn't to take in as much data as we can. Our job is to actually take in as little data as we can. So we're, we're constantly pushing data away and not taking it in. And when you start focusing yourself on, on your goals and your dreams and your visions, the data that you had been blocking out that was helpful yeah. now comes in. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes in life is, uh, you are the imagination of yourself. It's by Bill Hicks. And I think that is eternally true. And you should be really careful with your thoughts, with your energy and how you spend your time. Um, and, um, yeah, that's just my two cents here. I think about that Q. a lot on this show. Cause sometimes I'll be sitting here like, Oh God, we're going into the doom cast. Cause we're talking about how bad things are going to get. And I know that there's something to manifesting, especially when we have the video internet where we're like accentuating our vibration on this, we're imprinting it and then it's imprinting on other people. And I just want to take the conversation and twist it and like you guys take you guys, in, but it's I don't, too abrupt. I don't, you know, there's better. I don't ways. think, you know, a podcast that averages about, you know, half a million to a million just on its own is going to be that impactful. It's know. all the different shows, all of them contributing. And, you know, truth be told, this is a fairly uh, milk toast in terms of political opinion. We're not super far left or far right or anything like that. We're not hardcore conspiracy theorists or anything like that. There are channels that get way more views, 10 times the views that are staunch conservatives. But the way the people, shaping the the way people and the right. listen and views, because I think people that watch the show are really listening to you. And they, us, they are. They as do. opposed to shows that are on the background that are just like watching. And those those are more these views count in a way that other views. I think I'm that's, going on that's a long. bit egotistical. I mean, I I'm just being that, honest. I don't I'm think not doing it to rub powerful. anybody's ego. No, listen. I think if we were actually look, I, there's, there's a reason why you know I'm trying to focus on building subscribers and stuff because I can see the real power wielded by people who have the audience that actually listens. And I mean, no disrespect to people listening. I'm saying I look at some of these podcasts that get millions of dollars per month, and they only get like fifty thousand downloads per episode, and I'm like, wow, because that's what it truly means to listen to have that to have that audience. And so they're not reliant. They're not worried about censorship. I'm not going to name these podcasts, but there are some leftist podcasts that have called for violence, had have joked and laughed about calling for violence, and nothing bad ever happens to them because they're not that big, but they're substantially more influential and powerful than, than we could get close to being. I think you under, underestimate the positive influence that you have. No, I, I, I don't. I'm just, I'm just saying that they're, they're, the, 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 the true people who are playing to the political factions that are pushing either on the right or the left— are are way more powerful. Oh way yeah, less yeah. Size. No, this there's is many more of them. This is grassroots. We're talking to the people. We're talking to the people. Regular people. Regular people. We're we're, we're not people. This, people come to me on Twitter and like, oh, you, why why'd you give up the fight? And I'm like, bro, what like what fight? Like, I'm not an activist. I'm not a politician. I don't work for the government. I'm just like a dude talking to my other dude friends and some of my ma's out there. Uh, and so like, it's really just about grassroots and it's really about talking directly to the people and helping them make a positive change in their lives. And one positive thing has definitely come out of this is a number of guys that I have been introduced to through your show have joined the liminal order, our group. And we're talking about manifestation. We're talking about personal narrative. We're talking about accountability, you know, doing things that improve yourself, your family, your community and maybe maybe your nation yeah there's big strokes that need to be done up here and huge strategies that need to happen but on a day-to-day -day basis to avoid the doom casting and all that crap you need to get with people that share your values 
and you need to build a community and you need to build yourself so that you can be strong for your family and your community and your friends and have accountability and loyalty among each other. And that is something that has definitely come out. We've had probably over a hundred guys from the Tim Pool audience uh, join up in the limo order in the right last on. six or nine months. And they're changing their lives in a very, very positive way. So uh, I don't diminish the power that you have. Just it's directed at a different audience. That's not, what, that's not what I mean. What I mean is the people, you know, Ian's talking about we have to doom casting and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't think the, the, the people listen to us. Like, I, I get a lot of messages from people saying, I love the show. I love hearing your perspective, but I disagree with you. I'm talking about how there's, there's, a, there's a mass of some of the biggest, like, in terms of how much money they make and yeah. how much influence they wield. Yeah. They're substantially smaller podcasts in terms of audience size, mm. but substantially larger in terms of the impact they have on news media and the narrative and critical race theory and all that stuff. And it's because they're not scared of censorship and because they have exorbitant amounts of money. And they're connected to the mainstream media who amplify their messages and put it into the institutions and the establishment. Yeah. 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 So they're so, just part of the machine. Not necessarily, not, I don't, not necessarily all of them. It's just for whatever reason, they, they, they gain way more traction. I'm talking, it's, it's, a, it's a weird phenomenon, mm. but it's like they've gotten the ears of the zealots and the, the narratives that really work. Like how many how many Q pot, like you know shows and videos were just driving the narrative nonstop? How many retweets was Lynn Wood getting? Feeding people what they want to hear and making money doing it. There, somebody you know, uh, a lot of people have been critical of them to, the, to 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 the very end. They were claiming yesterday Donald Trump's gonna it's gonna be tomorrow. That's it. Now they're saying, I, I kid you not, no one ever said it was supposed to happen. They needed to wait until Joe Biden was inaugurated. The the real move comes in two days. Just you wait. Because they still want to hold on to that. But it's not even just about those, those independent podcasts. It's about the mainstream media doing the exact same thing. We don't do that. I lost a ton of subscribers when I said Joe Biden won. <laughs> People didn't want to hear it. I don't care. He, he did. And it was, it was obvious what was coming. Yeah. And there was a slim, slim possibility, you know, that was diminishing all along the way of Trump pulling off some kind of Hail Mary. But there's a lot of people who produce content and they get the diehard zealots to just pay up to it. It is a disadvantage that fair-minded, liberty-minded people don't have. Yeah, the grifting works better than being honest. Well, yeah, I, or I, nuanced. I, yeah. it, it might it might attract more people, but it doesn't necessarily work better. People that are zealously agreeing and nodding and, and scratching their own back, or that's different than listening to views that they don't agree with, but continuing to listen because. I don't know why, because they believe in you or right, right, right. But listen, we don't have the, the independence we're, we're, we're beholden. I'm, that's why I'm trying to, trying to build the audience and yeah. build the backbone That's gonna that take we can make moon, on. So we, we're, we, we can do, uh, segments where we, like we were swearing, like with the first segment, we're like laughing and just swearing as much as possible. Cause like now we can, you know, on the, on the, on the Tim, on timcast.com, we do the bonus segments. Mm. We can say things we can't say on YouTube. And so I've seen podcasts on the left literally tell people to organize violence. Still to this day, they're making millions of dollars. Millions. Hmm. And that influences the zealots and they buy it up and they never stop and there's no accountability for them. When did you say we get to swear? <laughs> the bonus segment will record. Uh, <laughs> right after Super Chats. Let's do Super I'm Chats. the bathroom. And then, uh, yes. You could have just done knows. that quietly. Nobody would have known. What's TMI up? TMI. Right? Yeah. He's also wearing his pajama pants, just I mean, FYI. Yeah. What else did you If expect? you have not already, smash that like button. Smash it. Jeffrey McCorbin says, finally going to talk about aliens. Spin the gorilla. Uh, we didn't talk about didn't aliens. We didn't. We didn't. It's no, just, you know, we get, in, we get wrapped up in the news, and then it's just like we got to keep going. 
But I do think as time goes on, we're probably going to, I'm going to try and incorporate more cultural stuff, especially yep. into the show. We're yeah, going to need to. Yeah, everything, well, we, we did, everything's going to be boring as jinx, hell. Buddy. Yeah. We did before. Give <laughs> me a drink. Before COVID, we had tons of stuff to talk about movies. Yeah. We did movie reviews. COVID's going to be here so and politics is going to be boring. I tell you what, before two weeks from now, I will watch Beaver <laughs> <Be for> Vendetta. Beaver <laughs> Vendetta. We can talk about it. All right, let's see what we got. That's funny. Mute says, hey, Tim, after watching Will of the People and Words in a Book, I finally grabbed my song books, started recording my own music, and I'm and I'm starting to build a home studio. Thanks for the inspiration. Oh, you betcha. No problem. Dude, good for you. Sastrix says, scariest thing to me was the open embrace for equity on day one. Second scariest is the fact they immediately lifted the ban on travel to and from terror hotspots. This is not good. Please cheer us up, Tim. Well, that was at eight, so sorry. I don't think we delivered on that one. Yeah. Maybe the the spirituality stuff was fun. Doomcasting. Doomcasting. <laughs> Simple Caleb says, Kate Brown, governor of Oregon, vowed revenge on our district state reps in East Oregon due to climate bill walkout in 2019. We've been on lockdown like six months despite being very low population. Google Kate Brown revenge for context. Wow. Yeah, well, there you go. Danny Miller says historic first day ending XL pipeline that generated 2,800 jobs in Canada and 10,400 in USA, including indigenous groups. Canadian tariffs coming. They're trying to sue the U.S. The Biden Canada? administration. Yeah. Oh, for shutting it down? Yep. Ha, mm-hmm. huh, that's funny. Yep. Really funny. Let's see. Krevels says, read earlier, Trump tried pardoning Snowden, but Barr blocked him. Speaking of, uh, of being scared, didn't Hitler use propaganda machine to come to power? Yeah. Any similarly similarities to today? You know, they say history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. I don't like too much. There, there's certain things I have no problem comparing to World War II in terms of like expansion, war, you know, Weimar, Germany, things like that. But you got to be careful on stuff. Eric Bright says, Pose Law, any sufficiently advanced troll is indistinguishable from a genuine kook. Ba-dum-tsh. Daniel Maxwell says, if this scary thought becomes reality, we are screwed. In three months, either Biden or Harris will be out of office. Hillary will be named as vice president, and three months after that, she will be president. We did mention that. I don't think so. You know, I was talking, I can't remember who we were talking to on the show. They said, everybody said Biden, uh, Trump wasn't going to finish his first term. Biden will probably finish his first term. Oh, we got disconnected again. Well, huh. that's too bad. Why is that? That's fiber. No, it's not the fiber. I think it might be. No, maybe. I don't know. That's weird. We and go. we're back. Yay. So it's funny. We have, uh, we have gigabit internet now. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Yeah. But it's not stable. It is. Like, throughout the day, we have no problems, but something's happening right now, so it may be... Uh, it only went down for like 10 seconds. It might be our router box or something. You just got it set up like four days ago or something. Yeah. Just go pull it out of the box, pull it out of the wall. No, you know, you know what it is? We do have gigabit. It's insanely expensive, and it's because we're like one of the first businesses to get internet out here. We're in the middle of nowhere, and so they just put the line down. They They literally just put it down. They, the the node was built a couple of years ago, and then when I called them, they said, "Okay." Six months later, they laid the fiber, you know, down the road. So it was really, really us who made it happen. So unreliable, at least so far, but uh, at, at least it's gigabit for now. So there have been a few drop offs. I don't know why, but at least the video quality has been perfect. Nuclear Winter Gamer says, "Sorry, I'm late." Had a "You Laugh You Lose" video and cute kitten that really likes belly rubs vid queued up before the stream. Oh, that's definitely something y'all that need to watch first, right now. Yeah. Sure. I feel like a lot of people are zoned out today. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Like, they just tuned out. Like, I'm seeing a lot of comments from people like, nah, I'm going to go chill. Good. For real. Meditate. Sensory deprivation, man. 
That's cool stuff. Focus on yourself. This obsession with national politics is unhealthy for That's most true. everyone. You love yourself. Yeah, local politics, man. Matt, uh, Matt Mitchellack says, what's going to happen as the economy fails is that Biden will just say that he inherited a bad economy from Trump. In the same way they said, oh, Trump inherited a good one from Obama. No personal responsibility. That's exactly right. They are the party of no personal responsibility. That's correct. <laughs> oh, Eclecticism boy. says, hey, guys, my monitor isn't working. I have to print out chat in order to read it. The paper and ink are really expensive, so please don't spam. Thank you. Crazy. <laughs> 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 it is really fast, the chat, dude. It's insane. Jacob Posada says, at least I can still criticize the president and not be called racist. Hey, there you go. Good point. Mihail Kale says, hi, Tim. Two days ago, you asked on Twitter for advice about a 410 shotgun. I'm paying to say that the Taurus judge is a goddamn meme gun and not to buy it, despite all the suggestions. Anyone who says it's good hasn't got one. Well, um, I was specifically asking for a 410 three-inch chamber. And so I think a lot of people didn't realize that, I guess, a three-inch chamber, a three-inch 410. Uh, you know, but uh, some people gave me some some recommendations. And there's some some cool stuff. I'm getting my Makarov handgun. It's a Czechoslovakian gun. Sweet. Yeah. Did you you know that story? I do not. I accidentally ordered a ton of Soviet bullets. Oh. And Soviet bullets don't work in you know our guns because the Soviets didn't want the ammo to be interchangeable. If the if the you know we came in and there's war and then we mm-hmm. found their ammo depot or whatever. So they do nine by eighteen. We do what 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 a standard nine millimeter Luger like nine by nineteen. Um, I don't know the exact. I think it's nine by nineteen, yeah. right? And the three eighty is like nine by seventeen or something. I don't know the measurements. So yeah, off I don't top of my head. But all I know is the Makarov stuff is nine by eighteen, and it looks weird, and it doesn't work in your regular gun. So somebody sent me a recommendation for a Czechoslovakian, a Czech. Is Czechoslovakian the wrong term? Is it? It is Czech? definitely the wrong term. Right? Oh, okay, yeah, it's Czech, Czech Republic, right? Yeah, yeah. Czech, Czech, or, Czech or Slovak. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was from the Soviet, you know, era or whatever. True. So I'm getting one of those. That's going to be fun. Sick. And uh, cool. So that's a, that's gun, a huh? box of nails looking for a hammer, huh? That's right. Yeah, exactly. a lot of a lot of them. But you know what? <laughs> ammo is so hard to come by these days. Yeah. When the company hit me up and they were like, we realized you probably bought the wrong ammo. I was like, you can't have it back. <laughs> and they were like, okay, you can keep it. Like they were saying, we'll exchange it for you. And I was like, no, I don't care what it is. I was just seeing right you guys shooting earlier and it was like, oh my God, every every shot is like $2. Yeah. <laughs> that could all be going into crypto right now. It is. It's crazy. But Not the 22, practice. though. Oh, no. The 22 was was, was fun. But uh, practice, yeah. we have this really crappy Walmart target that was getting hit, and I wanted it to explode, and huge chunks were getting ripped off of it, and it was fun. It was Shooting fun. it with That's, a slug was pretty fun. Yeah, Luke fired a, a shotgun slug and obliterated a portion of it. <laughs> crappy little metal Walmart target. It's okay, though. The 22 was fun. It spins around. It's like, wing, 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 you know. Brian uh, Markin says, hey, Tim, you talked about creating culture. I started contributing to it by starting an ATV UTV channel with my friends with hopes of opening own park. Cut, uh, cutting trails on YouTube. Cool. Definitely. That's what we need right now. There's too much. You know, you know what the problem with the right often is? Is there's, there's a reason why it's called reactionary. Yeah. If they see something happen, they complain about it. Like, oh, this is bad. I don't like this. Or, you know, here's why we should be opposed to this. The left does that too. But the left will, you know, you get AOC playing among us. She's playing the video game, encouraging other people to play it, getting all the you know socialist leftists to play video games, and they're laughing, and they're joking, and they're building a culture around the memes and stuff like that while advocating for their politics. On the right, they complain about it. Yeah, we were talking about going ATVing soon. What was the name of that company? Let me look them up. Maybe we, go, we could go Fortitude them. Ranch? No, no, no. The, the ATV company guys. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll 
double check. Fortitude Ranch yeah. is cool, though. I'd like to go check that place out. Yeah. Let's see. X Runner says Jimmy Dore and other leftists are already pissing on the Biden administration. It's the white college educated middle and upper class that is supporting Biden, protected by licenses that are not useful outside of the U.S. Jimmy Dore is always ragged on the Democrats because Jimmy Dore is an actual left populist with principles and integrity. And so there are things he genuinely thinks will be good for everybody that he wants. And he thinks the crony establishment is full of it and lying. And he's 100% correct. It's really funny. Jimmy, uh, there, was a, there was a period where my channel got labeled right wing and Jimmy's got labeled le- uh, left wing by this researcher. And I then showed him a screenshot of both our channels where they were nearly identical talking about the same things in very similar ways like nancy pelosi is crooked for this or that reason and i'm like what's the difference i've actually advocated for the green new deal before the woke version came out like the idea of investing into new renewable technologies and stuff i was in favor of until i saw whatever those they were producing i've advocated for a, a public option and i'm like aren't those left as well how does that get labeled as right wing and they're like i don't know i'm like so what's the difference it's your guests that's no, this was before I had any guests. Oh, really? Well before that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This was a long time ago. And I'm like, if I make a video saying the Democrats are corrupt, and then a leftist does, and we literally say the same things, you've got a perception and framing problem. I think it's because the letters are red on my videos. <laughs> if I made them blue, they'd be like, he's clearly on the left. <laughs> Con- uh, Connor O'Brien says, Tim, for a BTC 51% attack means you need to be operating 51% of the nodes recording the transactions. You don't need to own any of the currency. Right. That's what I said. You need 51% of the nodes. And they could easily do that. So when Luke mentioned that they sold the currency off, yeah, they don't need it. They give me control of the nodes and I care not who has the the, the coins, <laughs> right? Eddie Schroeder says 100% support Lil Wayne pardon. Watch Colian Noir's video on it. Direct attack on the Second Amendment. Yeah. Right. It's so a lot of people were saying that he because he's a felon and had a gun. They're going to try and arrest him and that lock him right. up. And that ain't right. A lot of people. I, I, what, what are your thoughts, guys, on uh, felons owning guns? Second Amendment doesn't say if you're a felon, you can't own a gun. It says shall not be infringed. Actually, no one who is having a hard time right now because the riots and everything and everything's going crazy and hitting the fan. He's like, I can't own a gun. I'm a felon. I'm not that person anymore. I got my degree. I work really hard now. I I have my own apartment. But it doesn't matter because I'm a felon. So I'll never really be able to defend myself. I was like, shall not be infringed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Well, there you go. The the, the council has spoken. (laughs) Let's see. Braycock says, did you see where Biden's handlers rushed the press out after he signs his first three executive orders when they started asking questions? Huh. No, I didn't see that. Mr. Steel Yoblock says, day one, Biden cancels Keystone XL. I've never been so angry in my entire life. Canada just got stabbed in the back. 2,000 Canadians just lost their jobs today. Fork oh. Biden. Biden cannot be trusted. Wasn't that pipeline like breaking and leaking oil? There, I think there was one leak. That's horrendous. Yeah. Oil yep. so 1900s, yep. man. It's the, it's the, I believe it's the second highest return on energy investment. That's why we use it. I and, heard it was our, more than one leak. You've only heard it. You think there was one? They, I, they I all leak all the time because they're yeah. human made and human things are fallible yeah. and everything breaks. So. Metal bolted yeah. together. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Just, just breaks. All the people nah, that are losing I'm just their saying, land. things break. Everything breaks. Freaking internet just went down here. Well, like the deep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. deep water horizon when that busted, that was pretty terrifying. That's a big one. That was a, that was remarkably bad. It was so yeah. deep they couldn't get to it. Yeah, that's nuts. You just let it. We got uh, Viola saying Joe Biden's inauguration video is so unpopular that it's now unlisted it's on the White that. House YouTube account with over thirteen thousand dislikes. <laughs> Most popular president, guys. 
Judo Eagle says Pool Murphy 2024. Mm. Yep, I will be officially old enough as of March of this year. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> you can be. You can be the press secretary. I want to be. I want to be in charge of the Federal Reserve. Oh. <laughs> you can do that? No, that's Ian's yeah. job. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, uh, I'll take Dod. If I ever, if I ever, uh, like, if, if 2024, Secretary some, of State. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If by right, some third. twist of reality. I find myself, like through a Rube Goldberg-type circuitous series of events, I become president. I'm going to nominate Ron Paul as chairman of the Federal Reserve. Yes. Because that would just be a whole lot of hilarious. Ian as vice president of of the Fed, and I will gladly take secretary of state. As of November 5th, 2019, I've counted 29 times that the pipeline has leaked. Wow. He says, I I reject your offer of president of the (laughs) Fed. That was was a year and three months ago. It had leaked like 26 times or something. Dez says, y'all need more gun knowledge. Paul Harrell, Hickok 45, Brandon Herrera, Colleen Noir. TFBTV, James Reeves, all great channels with good info. I watch a lot of Hickok 45. That, that's that's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Do I'll, you think we could repeat? I'm sorry. To, who, who, who left that super chat? For the gun stuff? Yeah. D, Dez. Hey, Dez. Thanks, man. I want to talk about Federal Reserve for a second, though. Do you guys, <laughs> do you guys think we could repeal it and then just kind of use the U.S. government to control the monetary, the printing? That's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, and then a bunch of rich people went on Jekyll Island. What's that? I I didn't know about this. The conspiracy theory that they purposefully sank the Titanic so that all of the wealth would get left behind that they could seize to use to start the Federal Reserve. Never Did you, you, you never heard that one? Mm-mm. Somebody somebody mentioned that to me recently. Hmm. I'm not saying it's true or anything like that. There's a funny. lot of different theories out there. I remember hearing something about it. Yeah, they, well, were, they all met on Jekyll Island, and then we're like, how can we control the American people and not have them realize it? Yeah, even Ron Paul was like, we just need to audit the Federal Reserve. Repealing it is too extreme. Let's yeah. just yeah. audit them. And they were like, no, we're not. Let's look at the balance books. We can't even do that. Mm. So That's an crazy. audit, we'd start with an audit. If it was corrupt, then we would have grounds for re- if, repeal or something. When it's corrupt, yeah, when yeah. we if. find <laughs> out. But I'm after just being, the audit is done, and we can. Confirm what we already know. Yeah. Gareth Green says, Jack, Jesus was no longer dead when he ascended. He resurrected first. See, I told you I have a lot to learn. <laughs> there you go. But I still think your point made sense. He was rising, you know? Like he, he was died, rising. He's rising and he's floating Levitating. in the sky. And he's all up to heaven. Yes. Thank you for that correction. And peace be with you. Toby May says, if only Trump had stuck it to the establishment further, sure, he'd get convicted by the Senate and he won't be able to run in 2024. But he would be a martyr and a kingmaker without equal. Populism needs a new leader now. Yeah. I mean, he lost all of his popular support, and he's going to be impeached anyway. I think that that first statement he is false. He was impeached. He was already impeached. Yeah. He's going to be convicted anyway. Yeah. I, I lost popular support. A, a lot of people wanted Assange pardoned. A lot of people a are lot disenfranchised of, of, and are extremely angry at him. I agree. I agree yeah. that there there are a, a lot of people. I don't think that he's lost his popular support. There was just a poll out. It's 51% approval rating. After still. the the pardon? Uh, not after. after not okay, after let's Assange. See the, let's see after because I would, I would disagree with you. I, I would yeah. speculate, though, that uh, that might be some sort of bias that we have from dealing with people that, that were willing to make a shift and were willing to talk to deal with Trump who also think about journalism. I think if you poll... The average American voter on Julian Assange, they would draw a stone cold blank. For me, yeah. I didn't yep. like him before, but now I actively dislike him. I would, 
I would campaign to make sure he doesn't get into office again after oh, the way yeah. he treated us the last week. Trump, you're talking. Yeah, I, Trump. I'm talking about the way his supporters were just uh, totally disenfranchised. The the, the yes. few people. I think there's a large base that even if it wasn't for Assange, they're like they're left holding. You know, a uh, family-friendly show. Uh, <laughs> you, you know the Zach. reference I'm trying to make here. Yes. Uh, but but they're family-friendly. <laughs> they're you know they're screwed over, and I believe his support went down dramatically. Not just because of Assange, but a, a lot of other coalescing from no- November November third onwards. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that mostly. Oh, here's an that. interesting super chat. Darts said, "Tim, same time you had a weird outage. I did as well. I'm in Alberta." Huh. Ooh, what if it wasn't us? What if there was, wasn't there recently like a major outage that hit? I think so. Like CBS yeah. went down. Yes, Remember there that? were a bunch of news networks. Yeah, went a bunch down. of na- networks went down. It's crazy. Weird. The Scott says In Star Trek Deep Space Nine, there's a scene where Dukat tells Wei Yun that the truest victory is making your enemy admit they were wrong to oppose you in the first place and only destroy them if necessary. Certainly <gasps> sounds familiar. Yeah, that's right. Trump's surrender is exactly what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted him to go out in such a way that many of his supporters would be left holding an empty bag and be like, what? Yeah. But it's, 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 and that's the part where I feel, I know it's stupid to say that the president betrayed me, but this is the part at which I feel and many people feel betrayed is that at the end, he could have done something, anything, certain pardons, certain positions, certain orders, certain attitude, just a, the right disposition on the way out the door. Instead of this, this really disappointing, sad spiral that's happened in the last month, that, that's where the betrayal comes in, where he just quit and rolled over and just yep. went away and par- and pardoned a bunch of people that didn't deserve it and didn't pardon the people that did. He doesn't want to give it's up his gross. luxury, man. What's that? He doesn't want to give up his luxury. Self-centered. Oh, yeah. He's too old. He's too old. He's too old. All right. We got a great one here from uh, Michelle Therese. Not since Caesar Caligula tried to appoint his horse to the Roman Senate <laughs> yeah. has there been such an egregious and unwarranted appointment of power to any one person in the U.S., Kamala would be worse. That's yep. amazing. Yep. Raymond Fields says, my doomed side is going bananas right now. I want this country and president to succeed, but Trump was the only one stopping the corrupt politicians. We are effed. He wasn't, though. He was a corrupt politician. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree. Talk uh, terrible. I don't, I don't, but uh, it's... it's made it's, all his friends rich. I'm, I'm with Ian. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, a rampaging bull, sure. You know, I think there's issues with with Trump. He did some things like when he when he was advertising his golf resort on the State Department website. Yeah. When he had the military staying at his resort, he made and his, his golf family resort. all like part of the. I don't care cabinet. about that. That's disgusting. That's Why? called nepotism. You don't and, do and, that. And, and Joe Biden most flew his people. son on Air Force Nepo- to China. Disgusting nepotism. No, no, bro. Absolutely corrupt. Donald Trump doing stupid things as a bull rampaging through the ivory tower. I don't care about making Jared Kushner some like elevated to some level of quality. That guy and Jared junk. Kushner negotiated the Abraham Accords and got us serious peace in the Middle East. I can't stand that guy. Joe dude. Biden's son sat on the board of a He's also company. I'm not defending Joe Biden. You are defending Trump's him. corrupt as hell, man. Why? Because he put his family in office. What does that mean? They don't they didn't deserve it. They were nobodies. What, his what, daughter? So what, she was what, nothing. But yet she had this extreme amount of power in our what, government. What, what, what position what did well, you have? I don't know. We don't you, oh, well, I'm sorry, and you don't know? I'll you look you it don't up. Oh no no no, 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 don't worry. Don't make us. Uh, 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 don't assert something. Dude, I don't even commit know her this job crap was. to memory every every day, dude. You don't even know what she did. I know that you she just, was involved. Just, though. It's just Trump derangement syndrome. No, it's not just Trump derangement. You don't syndrome. even know what her job was. <laughs> Do you know what Jared Kushner's official? Uh, yeah, he was like job. some diplomat to the Middle East or something. Do His you know, daughter's husband. 
What 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 what, what was his job before Trump got into office? What, you're you're, you're real, concerned real about the developer. fact that a politician so, hired he was a real family. estate developer, and then he became our diplomat to the Middle East. Well, his father had to be pardoned for uh, some. Uh, that that, that that's why. Yes, that's how he got. That's how Trump probably got him to work. The same way he got Betsy DeVos to work, promising the Blackwater uh, pardons. And did you notice that the minute that they got pardoned, she resigned like a day later? Mm-hmm. That's why the pardons <laughs> come so late in the administration. Right, if they right, pardoned right. day one, she wouldn't. She would have been gone. Yep, it's all bargaining. It's Trump, all a big Trump, club. So, so, big, so Trump you know, is, a certain, is a certain kind of corrupt, and I've explained this before, in that his business dealings were very self-centered, and there's nepotism, and what Trump was doing in the government was substantially different from the traditional corruption we have from these yeah, politicians. Yeah, a different kind and of And I preferred it substantially. I, I preferred it way more than what it's we get like, with Joe Biden. Do you want his feces or his feces? I don't want either of them, well, man. He well, made her an advisor to the president. He created a role just for her. Uh huh. It's disgusting. Well, he, he hired an for advisor. His family. He, invi- he hired. He, he hired, hired his daughter. And. And she didn't deserve the job. She failed miserably to represent women. They were like, "Hey, what? Ivanka, a weekend. Can you? Are you going to be a voice for women in this country?" And she was like, "No." What? What? You're not even complaining about anything, bro. I'm complaining that he made she his family. She was advising her dad. I'm complaining that so he put what? his family in positions of power. So what? They didn't deserve the job. They weren't qualified. How do you know that? You didn't even know what her job because was. Because she didn't do anything. Has there been any other appointee who negotiated Middle Eastern peace deals? In the history did, did, of did, appointees, did, what are you did, asking? Did, did Obama, his administration, get us new peace in the Middle East? Or did he start new wars? You're complaining what about is, This people. has nothing to do with Obama. I, I, We're talking you're, about Trump's you're, corruption. You're not... What, what? What corruption? He hired his family? Um, That's yeah. a, definitely a piece <laughs> of corruption. Yeah. Why? Why? Because they didn't deserve... He didn't hire what, qualified what? people. He made a Ian. position for his daughter and his daughter's husband. You're not mad about anything. I think I'm mad that he's nepotistic and so that you're, you're telling me that I'm not allowed to... Or I'm wrong to think that he's corrupt because he put his daughter in a special advisor role so for the what? president? So What? I'm not going to call what, this what is, kayfabe what, so anymore. What's, what's wrong does that, that mean? What's it, it's wrong called, with... Well, it's nepotistic starting. She didn't get the job for, because of her quality. She got the job because she was his daughter. You don't know that. Because he trusted her because she was family. It's like oh, crazy, she, he, dude. He trusted his daughter to advise him. And he hired her. Yeah. And People can't hire their family. Role advisor. So what? You can. If they're qualified, you should. But Sounds if like they're not was. qualified, then you shouldn't. Doesn't she own like a multi-million dollar brand yes, all yes. over the and world? And he wasn't qualified to be president either. But the people put him there and gave him the discretion to hire whomever he wanted. So Bro. it was actually all the like... You're talking about someone saying, I don't trust the corporate crony lobbyist. Trump hired a bunch of morons. We always bring it up, John Bolton. But hiring his daughter because he trusts her makes sense. Hiring Goldman Sachs lobbyists is swamp corruption. Trump is a different kind of of corruption. Trump is a different kind of bad. But you know what? You're comparing Donald Trump storming through the ivory tower with Joe Biden's 47-year Goldman Sachs. I never compared him to anybody. I'm talking about his corrupt behavior. His lies. What? What do you lie about? Oh, let's see. Uh, he he did drone strikes and he made them secret. One of the most absolutely and, and no horrific other, no, no things other he could do that. to us. No other president. He like expanded our drone war and, and gave power to the generals to commit the drone strikes. And, did, no, 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 and no, no, said, you don't have to tell people you, when you do it. You mean Barack Obama no, ramped that up? Ob- uh, Trump did that. Trump, and like, Trump didn't start the drone wars. No, he expanded. No, it. he inherited those. And Trump did a lot of of things wrong, and Trump is problematic, but I don't think you're actually complaining about anything, and I don't think you actually know what you're talking about. I'm getting DMs from people all over the place. (laughs) People are going nuts right now. (laughs) Well, well, clearly, you guys didn't take your ashwagandha. I took three of them. I think it's been building all episode, because it's just a hard one to listen to. It's a tough day. Ian, I think you often complain about Trump, but you don't I'm complaining about him making his kids in this position of power. We didn't vote for his kids. That doesn't mean anything. 
Are there other super chats? So, so it's like, <laughs> I'm going to complain about the fact the Federal Reserve prints money and then we can't account for it. I'm going to complain about the fact that Goldman Sachs lobbyists praise the conflict in the South Pacific <laughs> and praise China. I'm going to complain about direct things. You're like, I don't like his daughter. I'm com- I yeah, don't care. He made, he made Jared Kushner a real estate developer, <laughs> our advisor of the Middle East, because he's his daughter's husband. So what? So he wasn't qualified. That's wrong. Jack, not right or wrong. I'm Jack, did Jared Kushner negotiate uh, the, the Abraham Accords? Indeed, I believe he did. Is that historic precedent that we've that's like really changing the game in the Middle East? Indeed, I would say uh, it is. But when we look at the military-industrial complex, when we look at the banking institutions, they made money hand over fist with Trump. Okay, not much changed in that aspect. So we got to bring that up as well. The issue I have is comparing Goldman Sachs lobbyists to Trump hiring his daughter. Ivanka Trump is nowhere near as awful. I'm not these comparing. I'm not saying he's less or more corrupt. Occupying our I'm government saying he for is decades. extremely corrupt. Extremely com- corrupt compared Dude, to Joe what? Biden's extremely corrupt too. Joe Biden. Trump's got compared to Ron Trump's Paul. Got nothing on, on 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 Joe Biden. Trump's got private sector BS, and Joe Biden has manipulated and exploited this country for decades. Compared Donald to Ron Trump, I'm, built a bunch I'm, of golden okay. toilets. Donald okay. Trump did a TV They're show both where trash, he fired dude. people. I agree with you. Yeah, sure. Donald Trump's bo- bad moral character. He's he is everything that's wrong with with the, our culture. And Joe Biden is everything wrong with our government. And I do not like what Joe Biden represents. Donald Trump building a golden toilet, and putting his name on a building, is meaningless to me. Donald Trump saying my daughter should advise me. I don't care. Joe Biden saying I'm going to bring in a guy who's going to praise China's militaristic endeavors in Taiwan is horrifying. Donald Trump being a bumbling buffoon is meaningless to He's me. He's not a bumbling buffoon, dude. He, is. he did that stuff on purpose. What stuff? Hiring his daughter? Yeah, and his daughter's husband. I will read some more super chats, but good chat. Uh, Jelani Williams says, Tim and Co., how much you want to bet when the establishment... Eps- I'm not going to read. I can't read that. Okay. Who's getting Epstein? <laughs> no, 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 no. Andrew Lance says, flat tax defense. If everyone paid 10% income tax and there was no deductions, would you support... What if it resulted in more tax revenue? The IRS is the KGP. <laughs> I don't know about that last part. Oh my. Uh, I'm not a fan of the flat tax because uh, people who have tons of money can use that money. It's like I was saying, uh, if there was a Harvard study that found several years ago, it was almost like 10 years ago now, that you needed $77,000 for a standard American middle class life. Two weeks vacation, new clothes, going to the dentist, having health care. If that's all you make a year, 77 k you can't invest in anything. You can't expand. Let's say you make 150K. You now have an additional, you know, 80 or so or so, uh, 70, 70, 73 or so thousand where you can um, invest in things and start a business and grow your wealth. Let's say you make $10 million. You only need $77,000 to cover your basic needs. Well, now you've got nearly $10 million still to buy property, to expand, to make money. So a flat tax, I don't agree with because... 10% of a million dollars leaves you with $9 million. You're still going to live comfortably and have a disproportionate amount of power to influence our political system. So when I see things like Mackenzie Bezos taking, you know, $2 billion and putting it all into critical race theory, I'm like, wow, that's really, really bad for our country. And that's what's happening when you have unchecked wealth. I don't support yeah. progressive distribution, redistribution of wealth and resources in this manner. Yeah. Just FYI. You know what my favorite tax is? <laughs> 
No, no tax. tax. Thank you. <laughs> so how do you what what do you do when you know you don't bankroll the the federal government to this large centralized force? That's and totally previously different. before. I mean, there, before the income tax, everything ran normally through local uh, local taxes, local jurisdictions deciding how much they're going to spend for the roads, how much they're going to tax. That's uh, not what, what we're talking about. Gas. And so, how do yeah. you stop Mackenzie Bezos from spending two billion dollars on critical race theory? Who's why? Why should that even be yeah. a, a thing? How can you come, Jack? You're fighting critical race theory. Well, yeah, in my you own will, way. You will. You have nothing compared to Mackenzie Bezos. I know, I know. But if I had that money and and she did, she somehow earned it through her marriage and agreement and contract with Jeff Bezos. I mean, dude, I, it's hers. Do you think it's it's right that our government should be predominantly controlled by those who have money? The more money you have, the more say you get and what how our culture is dictated. I agree that it is uh, disproportionate that the power that the rich people have to keep themselves rich and to keep the poor people poor. And I do understand how you can see using progressive taxes to redistribute wealth. But we just also talked about how progressive tax keeps people down. Yeah, it keeps people down. Well, it, it, it well, establishes and maintains wealth and caste systems, economic the, caste systems. The, the, the issue is the government gets the money being the problem. Yeah. I don't like the idea that there will come a point where we will have an oligopoly, where you will have someone who is just so wealthy that they can snap their fingers. You can complain about the Koch brothers. You can complain about, complain about George Soros. I think it's all bad. I think we, we've, we've seen studies that show popular opinion has zero impact on legislation. And it's actually wealth and lobbying that has the, that, that dictates whether bills get passed. Sure. So there's no, there's no government for, by, and of the people anymore. Not for a long time. Citibank put out a report, I think it was 10 years ago, about the plutonomy, about how the United States is no longer a democracy. It's a plutonomy of the wealthiest dictating what policies get passed. Definitely. Been like that for a while. I don't know what the solution is. Well, um, I think it's, you gotta get, I mean, obviously, what I think it is, is that you gotta get representatives out of office and allow the district to represent itself. Because p individual representatives are, you can bribe them. But if you have a whole community of people functioning as a yay or nay vote together, you can't bribe the community. Or if you did, it really wouldn't, you know, you'd notice it and it would be take a lot of money and maybe it would be for, good for the community. I'm going to read the super chat and I believe it. I, 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 I think it's a compliment. Stan says Ian is the Timcast IRL version of the fives Juan Williams. Yeah, I like that. Though. I've heard that a lot. I think that's yeah, have you? But then it's usually followed up with I can't stand Juan Williams. He's no. a, he doesn't you, know what he's talking like about. He's I've never I don't really know who he is. Oh, I think uh, I, I I don't like I, I like Juan Williams. I disagree with him, and I'm really glad the five has him on the show. He's I don't even know what the five is. It's a uh, uh, five Fox News hosts like Jesse Waters, Juan Williams, Greg Gutfeld, and a couple other people. He like th is the least educated and like speaks with passion and like, is that conviction. what you think? Whoa. Yeah, that's the vibe that I'm getting from when I see that comment. Well, I mean, no, no. no. The, the, Juan Williams is he like follows mainstream media leftist narratives. And Jesse oh, Waters. Yeah, yeah, I bring the leftist narrative to the yeah, show really that's hard. Right. What I'm yeah. there. So, I have to counter it. Otherwise, we just all agree all the time. That's well, that's true, why yeah. you're here. But that's I also so we can yell at each other. At least, about yeah. at least I didn't say he's the conservative chick on The View. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see what we got. Uh, so there's a lot of comments now about that discussion. Gareth Green says For advisors, trust is as important as a qualification. I say this as a rich kid. The whole idea that we need the most qualified officials is implicitly statist and authoritarian. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, a lot of people on the left were saying Trump's not qualified to be president. And then Trump supporters said the only qualifications are that you be born in America and you're at least 35 years old. 
and that anybody can be president. I say the same thing about AOC. People mock her for being a bartender. I'm like, that's cool. It's like the coolest part of her story is that she was a bartender who got into Congress and challenged system. The real issue is that she's a careerist who's trying to build followers. But I like the bartender portion. I love the idea that in America, you can be a bartender and go to Congress and give a middle finger. You could be homeless and become president. Wasn't Cory Bush homeless? I don't know. I can't become president. Really? Yeah, you, I wasn't born in the United man. States. I don't like this born in the United States. I knew States there was something thing. weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only uh, thing. Nativist. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this is the land of opportunity. If the person that's the the most, that cares the most, that could do the most good wasn't born here, so what? Why don't we still, like, empower them to become president? That's They're the, all mad at you, Ian. But that's the whole point of having a country, bro. <laughs> Bring it on. Give me a what, good white criticism. Oh, white I mean, check. I'm getting texts yeah. and DMs in Instagram Twitter, text messages, <laughs> wicker, Jackson. all people Fix talking him. about this. Fix his mind. Yeah, healthy and healthy and White Chick says, Ian, what makes you qualified? I didn't say I was. Ian, you aren't qualified to call out Trump on things. Well, that I disagree with. Wow, I thought you weren't brainwashed by the left. No, it's not a political, it's not a partisan thing. I just, I mean, he, I've so, been following Trump for a long time since he said that Obama wasn't born in the United States. That was, he has a lot, he has a lot of really up dumb the, stuff. Yeah. Superman, if it wasn't scared of Green Rock, says, as someone who served in the Middle East, Ian, Jared Kushner was qualified enough to get the job done. More of my friends don't have to die. So even if you got the job through nepotism, he got it done. Did you say that his dad got pardoned by Trump, Luke? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was recently, though, right? Yeah, that was recently. Yeah, so yeah. what was his dad's uh, thing? Uh, there was, yeah. <laughs> Something really yeah. crappy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to... Jack. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have it. Uh, he like hired someone to seduce his sister's husband what? or something, and then wow. blackmailed. I think it's something it's along really those lines. Seedy stuff. I don't remember the exact. It's along those lines. But I remember right? hearing and about it, it being like, "Whoa!" It wasn't Jared. It was his dad. It was yeah. his dad. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I just want to. I just want to make sure um, we didn't have a whoosh moment and point out there are predator drones that someone mentioned in super chat on the cover of the Jacobin magazine. And I wonder if this is entirely meant to be tongue-in-cheek and mocking the left. Possibly. And not supporting it. It is Jacobin. But I'm sorry, it looks too much like they're supporting it. You want to click it and zoom in? No, there's Predator drones up on top and like, you know, Obama with angel wings or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It is possible. It was just too, it was just too pitch perfect. No. Really I think that's the issue is that uh, we expect it too much. From what the media has been producing, you know, it's like satirical news. Well, you know, unless they really support the predator drones, hmm. which I kind of know. I, I've I've given some props to Jacobin when they defended free speech. So maybe maybe we would just wished on that one. I don't know. And they're all making fun of us now. Look, they're so dumb. They believed it was real. That's maybe, but I think uh, I think that what is it? Uh, Poe's law is that what it was? Yeah. That you have to explain the satire if it's not you know explicit, or you know. That's just on us then. Huh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll, I don't know. If, that, if that's true, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But I don't well, know. It, it just, it plays into our worst expectations of the left and it plays into the highest and best slash worst expectations people have on the left of the left itself. So in that respect, great art. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Uh, Wojcik asks, Tim, please give an answer on a yearly membership. I'd rather pay 300 upfront than 25 a month. I don't think we can do that. I don't know, uh, if, PayPal has the functionality for something like that. I don't know. Maybe it does. We'll look into it. We'll 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 check it out because that that's you know good on our end too. People you know, paying for a full year is like way better than crossing our fingers and hoping people don't cancel. But uh, you can go to timcast.com and become a member. Check out our bonus segments, which we will probably have one tonight. Gareth Green says, in a laissez-faire economy, 
the corporate influence on the government would not exist because the government would not have the power to dispense favors. Wanting the government to make people's lives better is statism 101. Interesting. All right, we'll just do one more here. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a quick one. Andrew Smith says, Ian's the chaotic neutral of IRL. And last- Sometimes I think I'm chaotic good, but lately I've been drawn towards uh, evil just because I have to listen to it every day. You want to watch the world burn? No, right, I we'll don't do- want to. I want to make the world better. I don't even think of myself as chaotic, but I've become more chaotic lately, too. Last, last one. Last gal says, Ian, your comment about Ivanka and Kushner terribly misguided. Every president has advisors, Michelle and Hillary, for example. The difference, uh, sex equals power. It's disturbing one? to me that people wouldn't realize the danger of nepotism, that making your family in positions of power because they're your family and not because they're the best people in the world to pick is it's been it happened in ancient times and it would destroy kingdoms when you would make your incompetent brother in charge. Yeah, but that's if like he appointed Jared Kushner to the Supreme Court or something. Not asking him to advise him on matters in the Middle I East. I don't think it has to be that They're extreme. Cabinet he members. put those They're people not... in massive positions of power politically. He did not put, make them Secretary of State or Head of the Defense no, Department. No, he created a completely new advisor, role, advisor, advisor to the you president. You think that's no, new? It's not. It was a that's spe- not new, yeah, bro. It was a, he created a special position for her. Advisors. Uh, Bill Clinton hired his wife, who had no experience at the time, yeah, the, to, re, to redo the, all your, of Your significant healthcare. other? Okay, I get it. What? They, they're uh, part of your uh, company? His <laughs> wife, yeah, right. they call him the first lady. Okay, first you man. lost it. You lost your it. Your children? You had me there. They better be got good no at logic. what they're doing. You got no logic. What, what, did, what did Ivanka Trump do before she became advisor to the president? Nepotism is bad in UK her, unless it's your job? wife. Did she even have a job? Money, before yeah, she runs massive multinational brands and makes Bill, millions billions, of dollars. Billion dollars. She, she runs companies. Billion and now dollars she's an advisor to the president. Makes sense. Jared Kushner, real estate guy. Billions. Advisor to the Middle East. You guys got to see that this is... It's not normal political. No, no, actually, it's it's perfectly normal. That's what we're trying to tell you. No, it's not. To make your children in positions you... of power because they're your children is not normal. No, it is normal. No, it's we not. Just cited... It's called nepotism. We just cited a There's number a of for it. instances in history. What you don't understand is that advising the president is just who they trust. People hire advisors that were like, it's, he hired an advisor, whatever. What, does she have security clearance? I don't, I don't know. Didn't Jaron Kushner not get it? Uh, I don't he know. He got stripped of it in February. There's, there's a difference between if he made them Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, high-ranking cabinet positions. So, and, yes, and, Jared Kushner had security clearance. And he negotiated the Abraham Accords. I don't, so it, it, it worked out right. Negotiated the Abraham deals imagine, for Saudi Arabia. Imagine if he, he was the guy who negotiated the weapons deals Yeah, for Saudi Arabia, and he gave them a better deal. So he yeah. made sure that we and Ivanka America- Trump And Ivanka Trump is the one who cried, according to Donald Trump's son, and got Donald Trump to bomb Syria when Donald <laughs> Trump attacked Syria. That's according to Donald Trump's own son. So there is an argument to make here. But if we're going to criticize Trump, let's talk about Yemen if we want to go there. But yeah. I don't want to start a whole conversation. Well, well uh, but there no, are no, some no, legitimate no, no. criticisms. We will. we will. We're going to go nuts. But oh, only goodness. For, so Come on. Take your ashwagandha. Wrap <laughs> we're wrapping up. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll save it for a bonus segment where we're going to go screaming at the top of our lungs and swearing and saying all the words we can't I'm say. I'm not. I'm going to meditate Jack. after this. Hey, I'm Jack Murphy. Hey, <laughs> would you do me a favor, guys? Help me get over 30,000 subs on YouTube. That's oh, cool. youtube.com forward slash Jack Murphy Live. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jack Murphy Live, website jackmurphylive.com. And if you like masculinity, brotherhood, and sovereignty, and you're looking for a tribe, come check out the Liminal Order at liminal-order.com. If you want to get my special Biden-Harris inauguration t-shirt that has them joining hands and and, and uh, jailing people for victimless cl- crimes, you can get it at 
thebestpoliticalshirts.com. <laughs> thebestpoliticalshirts.com is the website. But most importantly, I run a YouTube channel called We Are Change. The best thing you could do to keep me invincible and keep me going is to sign up on my email list on wearechange.org uh, on the top right-hand corner. It really means a lot that you guys do that because then I'm invincible and, and can say and do whatever I want without anyone standing in the way of that. So thank you guys for doing that. Indeed. Hey, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me online at Ian Crossland. Thanks for putting up with this intense intensity tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Don't break the mic. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jack. You know, I constantly am trying to explain to people that I think that the the conflict here is a little bit of kayfabe. But after tonight, I'm definitely never saying that. What's kayfabe? Kayfabe. It's like in wrestling where you have like the heel and the face. You've got like the good guy and the bad guy and they come up with storyline to fight and to do drama. No, no, I used to think it was kayfabe. Really? But now I know. You know, I'm coming at you, Jack. (laughs) Oof. Well, don't forget, you can follow at Sour Patch Pajama well. Pants. You can. I'm here in the oh, corner no. laughing at all this nonsense. I cannot wait for that bonus segment. I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter, L-Y-D-S, and I am Real Sour Patch Lids on Gab. You can follow me there as well. That's we are going to Shout your parlor account. <laughs> everything in the bonus segment. If you want to see it, and it should be up later tonight. Trump did not bring peace in the Middle East. Okay, We're going to make that argument. Go to TimCast.com, <laughs> become a member We've got a couple bonus segments up. Uh, we're going to put up more. And we, we talked about it quite a bit. We do. The goal is if we if we can just break a certain number of members, then we're basically invincible. We could be banned. We could be purged. And we can never, and we can keep going and keep growing. Once we get a certain number of members, we'll get to that point where no matter what we get, no matter what happens to our social media accounts, we can grow the website, hire more people, do more content and make our own platform. That's what I want to do. I don't want to have to worry about YouTube anymore. I want to make it so that we can be invincible. So bonus segment will be coming soon. Thank you all so much for hanging out. We'll be live again tomorrow night at 8 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Minds at TimCast. My other YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast, YouTube.com slash TimCast News. But the next segment will be at TimCast.com for members only. And we will see you all then. I'll see you there. Bye, guys.